Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500. I do uh, make the adjustments there. To We've been working on the uh, radio station all day. It's been fun. Uh, thanks, Brian, for all that you do. Coming up from hailing from up north and uh, jumping into the Kiva to make everything work. And uh, satellites are on and things are plugged in and I can remote this. and do I can do anything. In- you could broadcast. From the world. Roku TV, Amazon, Fire, Apple TV, to podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, apping directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. We've got uh, D-Dowd Muska in for a little bit of hour one uh, fun. Let me switch sides with him on the left and the right. So you guys can see us uh, directly there at rockoftalk.tv. And we've got a lot to punch through. And I do mean, they, they always want to say, you never want to pop your peas. And <clears throat> we're going to be pumping, or you don't want to clear your throat either by the way, unless you're, uh, you know, some famous rapper or something. We're, we're going to jump into Elon Musk again and Twitter. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm back on Twitter. Um, I'm the, I probably have probably the worst Twitter, the most offensive thing uh, and the most truthful thing. Uh, it, Dowd is uh, welcome to read it without the expletives uh, if he likes, D-Dowd uh, Musk. Uh, I'm, on, I'm back on Twitter, baby. And I'm only following, I think, 11, uh, 12, 13, 14 people. My 15th person will be uh, Rock of Talk underscore chat i think or rock of talk chat i think that's the uh, the original one but yeah, i've got my uh, original uh, uh content uh, back up there which is nothing um i don't know how to contain what i say within 140 characters i think that's problem <laughs> problem number one there uh how do i contain and measure like how much of a loser do you have to be where you're like well that doesn't fit in i need to go ahead and remove uh, a word here and i don't really want to say it that way but since it only gives me 140 one of the things that uh Mr. Musk can do or Elon or I don't know how he likes to be referred to. If you're the richest guy in the world, do you, do you refer to yourself as, you know, king or you anoint yourself something, you know, just call, you know, guys walk in, they expect to be waited on and serve. You see a lot of this kind of crap that happens in Miami and people are like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I expect to be served within three minutes. I expect my dinner here in 10 minutes. You know, like they have all these things, you know, the reservation on time, like my waiter wasn't good. Like, how does he like to be addressed? Well, Elon Musk should unleash the beast and allow us to just go ahead and write paragraphs, write little things here and there. And uh, why does it have to be contained to 140? What's so special about the damn 140 characters for one? So uh, one of the reasons I don't use Twitter is like, you can't contain me from just doing 140 characters. Uh, I speak at 140 characters every 10 seconds. You know, that, like that's, that's the rate uh, rat-a-tat-tat, if you will, of, of what I do. So um, we will talk about Elon Musk. We'll talk about how Trump doesn't want to get on Twitter uh, and how he's a total and complete moron for uh, doing so. Like people literally went to Twitter to hate Donald Trump every single day. Like if you're looking for haters and lovers, you could basically, and this is one of the things that uh, this is one of the reasons why Twitter is going to succeed is because you're going to see more of these stupid boycotts. What did we see with boycotts? No matter what happened to me, they failed every single time. Boycotts always fail. Do you guys like my uh, Buffalo Rome? This is in honor of Twitter. I think someone should name oh. a social media network the Buffalo instead of tweets because that's kind of weak. Buffs. Oh, what are you buffing about today? You know, I think that's it sounds better. I don't know. Uh, but the other thing, too, is Buffalo don't roam. 
I don't know if anybody knows that anymore. Buffalo can't roam. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that with the fire because there was some idiotic things placed in the paper. I mean, it's a giant victimhood of these ranchers suddenly look rough and tumble. Have you noticed the long mustache now, the, the gates, the, the rest? Of, oh, here we are. And they're, like, they're worried about their cows going into the fire. We didn't get to the fire stuff. Yes. But let me tell you something about cows. They don't go into the forest ever. <laughs> You're not going to see them randomly traversing across the fruited plain. And well, you know, I, I've always wanted to climb that mountain over there. I think I'm going to go climb that mountain. Uh, no, uh, cows don't do that. So you don't have to worry about the ranchers. We had to abandon our livestock. Nobody cares. The livestock are going to be just fine. It's not going to burn through five miles of brush so it, to get to the cows. And the cows are actually, you know, pretty smart. Uh, we'll talk about COVID. Great article in the Silver City. Uh, COVID being over. Uh, we will talk about the continued stuff about uh, COVID. And then uh, we'll get to... MLG, her nuptials, and we begin right there. D-Dot Muska, how are you doing? Uh, I'm well, a little distracted early on because I got a, a late assignment before we went on air. I apologize. Uh, trying to document uh, something that I really have not kept any attention to at all, the, the Pennsylvania U.S. Senate rate, uh, race. And uh, wow, there's somebody in that, uh, in that you race. You attention who, doctor, to Dr. Oz? Let's just say he's, uh, he's done a little cross-dressing. Uh, he's, uh, he's reinventing himself, let's say. Let's, let's call it political cross-dressing and reinventing himself. Okay. <sighs> oh, so, uh, thank you, Dad. I appreciate the uh, late assignment. Uh, it's never an assignment, sir. It's uh, just something to pique your interest, so I apologize. Uh, we are colleagues, and uh, I'm not over you, not over me. We are together here on this journey we call the Rock of Talk, and I'm glad to do it every day from 4 to 7. But I will say that Dr. Oz is not a conservative. Please stop with this crap. I'm so incredibly sick of rhinos running as candidates. I don't care where it's at. But I met Dr. Oz, okay? Where did I meet Dr. Oz? At a gay wedding. Oh, Eddie, what are you doing at a gay wedding? Well, uh, my uh, uh, wife was over at the photography place because they do photography, okay? So at the time, she was up in Santa Fe, and she was at the El Dorado Hotel. And I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I can't place him. Who is that? You know, you ever guys, you guys, you get that. You're like, who's that? I don't know who that is. And it was for this uh, gay wedding with Elvis Duran and his much younger uh, lover now uh, wife. What do you call in a relationship? How does that? And, and what? Yeah, who cares? Guess who else was at that wedding? Oh, yes. Little Michelle Lujan Grisham, I seen her waddle her little fat butt into that elevator with the 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 the, the state. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like you really, were. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Fat, you really were right. And she's like, she just waddles her you know fat butt right in there, and you know, I mean, she she does turn heads and and faces, and you 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 don't pay attention as much to up north as you do down south because it's quite large. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, the the woman's gotta she gotta shed some weight. She does, especially for her upcoming nuptials, right? Or maybe, maybe when you're getting married in your 60s. Oh, Eddie, you're so rude. How do you take shots at people just because you're in shape? How do you do this, Eddie? Why, just because you lost, you know, 63 pounds, you think that you could just take these random? Well, she could do it too. I'll be happy to put her on. I want my governor to look good. 
I want her to be the number one looking governor, even if she is the worst governor in the country. It's like, whoa, well, you know what? She's terrible, but I'd, I'd vote. Remember the, the guys, they, they always should say that chauvinistic stuff, right? Oh, it's so chauvinist. I'd vote for her. She's, she's good looking. <laughs> what? She's going to be your good. Well, she's not. She's easy on the eyes. No, she's, she's hard on the head. She's hard on the heart. She's hard on the life. And she's hard to look at. Anyway, I digress. We're focused on Dr. Oz here. <laughs> Dr. Oz was at the same exact gay wedding as Michelle Lujan Grishin. I'm like, um, why is he on Clay and Buck? Why is he on Sean Hannity? Why is he on every, I'm like, is, that is not Dr. Oz again. I walk into the room, the engineers in the other room, I'm like, please tell me that's not Dr. Oz again. I cannot handle any more Dr. Oz, period. He is a fake conservative. He is not real. He's a fake. And this Joe Rogan crap that you guys are all selling. Oh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Like Republicans have your salespeople. The number one salesperson was Donald Trump. Right up until the point he decided to go ahead and implode on himself and hand over the keys to the car to uh, Burks and Fauci and the rest of the Democrats. And then not come out and defend us for the next year. Oh, we're going to have a rally. Please raise money, Eddie. They're taking it away from us. They're taking it away. No, 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 no. You did that. You got vaxxed. You decided to go ahead and do the shutdown. That's, you did that, Trump. Okay, take responsibility. You want to be a man? You want to talk? You did that. We tracked you. We watched it. We watched the fake stuff come out. Now we're seeing it again. We don't need these big names to just pop up out of nowhere and say, well, I'm, I'm flying the Republican brand. We don't need that. We need guys who are credible, longevity, people who have been in there for a long period of time who are just like, okay, you know, independence, I think, function as a, a great Republican to a certain degree because they're much more conservative than the actual Republicans in the party. And Republicans, here's the one of the reasons why this happens so often is because you're afraid of not being cool. So you go and you find somebody who you think can make the pitch. This guy came. From Oprah Winfrey. I heard they arrested her at the uh, airport uh, yesterday. Doubt. I don't know if you oh. saw that. Yeah, she had 10 pounds of crack. Hey, there we go. And we're here all day, folks, and twice on Sunday. Real low, real below the belt today, folks. I'm telling you why. It's a real lowbrow show. Because I'm sick of the salesmen that are out there pitching our brand. We've got all the right people. Why can't we hire these guys to go ahead and do the right thing? And it's not that hard to be a politician. You just got to go out there. You got to debate. You got to make sure that you're on policy. You've got, you know, the ability to think on your feet. Matt Gates is a great guy. What's happened to him in the last year? Nothing. That guy has been as hard charging as anybody. But what does he have? He has some sort of sexual harassment. Sting. Matt's a good looking guy. Of course, you're going to accuse that guy of sexual harassment. Is any of that stuff stuck? No, it has not. So I asked out, I said, this guy's a fake. He's a phony and I'm tired of him on the radio. I don't want to hear him anymore. I'm sick and tired of Dr. Oz. He comes from Oprah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's a liberal. I said, I knew, I, I, I remember several things besides the gay wedding that he attended over there, by the way. Oh, I'm a, I'm a woke Republican. I'm an, remember I told you, you, the Christian churches, you guys allowing these gay nuptials that you're not a Christian church anymore. The moment you have gay nuptials. Okay. That's not very Christian, Eddie. No, no, no. It's very Christian. There's a Bible. <laughs> might want to read it. We might want to talk a little bit about that. Okay? And the government shouldn't have anything to do with weddings. You heard from Ethel Maharj yesterday. 
it's a hard show to listen to folks and it's going to hit you hard and some of you're going to turn it on and some of you guys are going to turn it up you're gonna be like this is what i was waiting for i was waiting for this this is what free speech america looks like folks go look at my twitter eat your heart out alex jones donald trump all the rest of you guys i don't care i don't care we're going to put the information out there and guess what gets to hit the floodgates now going forward. All the stuff that we've been hiding from Biden. How about the Jeffrey Epstein stuff? All the stuff that we couldn't say. Now, if we put that in conservative platforms, what happens? It turns into the corner, turns, you know, you're like, I got to go search for it. Oh, the link doesn't exist anymore. Someone took him off or the guy died. Somehow had an unhappy accident where he fell off a building in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's generally what happens with a lot of this information. When you put it on a platform, and hopefully there's more than 140 characters, you get to go ahead and put the truth out there. Part of the truth is going to be stuff that comes out with Dr. Oz and you conservatives and Republicans out there, and that's our audience. You need to do a better job of making sure that you're vetting these people, knowing who they are, what, where they stand for and how they lead. I think that's important, right? Well, let's just see where, let's give a quick check uh, run through on Dr. Oz. I was going through some of this stuff already at the, before the show with, with Dow and I'm like, bingo. Bingo, 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 bingo. Like, Eddie, we just got to win. I don't really care. I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. But the problem is, is we've got to get to our guys earlier and we need to make harder sells, which means we need to make a bigger value ask of our supporters. And we're still in the primary stages. So you can do that. You can move right. Oh, I'm afraid of moving too right. Then I'm like, what do you mean you're afraid of moving too right? That doesn't have anything to do with it. Just be who you are. And who is Dr. Oz, uh, D. Dowd Muska? We found some interesting stuff going back to 2008 even. Oh, it's, uh, it's deep and rich, Eddie, I got to say. And, and what's interesting to me is this is a political thing, so you're tempted just to just go to the, his opponent. He has, he, a lot of people don't know this, but he actually has a primary opponent who was the most recent poll, had the primary opponent up by one point over Dr. Oz, so uh, with a lot of undecided. So this race is, is far from, from over. So I've been doing some digging in the last 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, it is important to remember that we wouldn't have Dr. Oz if it wasn't for Oprah. Uh, Oprah. That's kind of a, a tainted, right. a tainted origin. Uh, 60 times he appeared on her show, uh, often in his surgical scrubs, even though he was on the set of a television show, it's not like he had just come out of the OR. <laughs> By the way, that's just gross. You doctors who have to go out and wear your scrubs in public. It's disgusting, and you're going to give me MRSA. And it's just a joke I always Eddie, say. It's, it's, to me, it's not a joke. I see these people really? at restaurants. I'm standing in line with them. They're wearing their gross stuff that they just came yeah. out of. God only knows what. And and these are the same people lecturing us about wearing our masks what? 24. Yeah. Don't there get me go. started on the scrubs. Yeah. I don't like the scrubs, don't people. You know I'm a, don't you know I'm a doctor? Send uh, all your uh, angry scrub. emails to Eddie Aragon. At, uh, yeah, no anyway, scrub. Um, <laughs> the, um, uh, he is uh, telegenic, and he became the show's official health expert. Uh, his immense fame came from his ability to blend two forms of authority, his scientific training as a surgeon and the Oprah imprimatur, uh, which, you know, I think one of those is probably more legit than the other. Now, I'm going to go to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Now, this yes, is not yes, uh, this is not his opponent, McCormick. We, we can get to his press releases, which have been pretty good, too. But let's start off with the, the, the lame stream here. Philadelphia Inquirer, he, uh, Oz portrays himself as a conservative outsider, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he has fame and Trump support. 
we'll get to that in a second too, because a lot uh-huh. of conservatives uh, have been very vocal about being angry about that endorsement. Uh, he is a leading candidate, but his rivals are hammering him as a Hollywood liberal masquerading as a Republican. Mr. McCormick, his chief uh, Republican opponent, calls him a complete and total fraud. Um, uh, I would agree. Okay, according to Oz's uh, spokespeople, he believes life begins at conception and is a proud gun owner. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's, he's all that, all that, all that stuff. Okay. Back in 2008, uh, Dr. Oz said, quote, I'm not socially conservative. I don't believe that we should be intruding into the private lives of homosexuals and we should not be creating obstacles during the difficult time that women have when trying to terminate a pregnancy. Wow. Pro-abortion, eh? Wow, Dr. Oz. A uh, big uh, conservative pool right there in the state of Pennsylvania. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, that was not, standpoint. Uh, just not completely that long ago. Uh, and if you want to bring things up to the current era, what he's saying in terms of abortion, last month he's at an anti at a pro life meeting in March. Uh, he described how he could see the five a five day old child tiny heart beating. Imagine nine months earlier terminating, killing that life because that's what it is. I'm pro life. Uh, I guess not always. Um, as recently as 2019. Was he a uh, doctor he, at the time? Was he a doctor back in 2008? Or oh, he, he just played one on TV yeah, in 2008. Yeah, there uh, As recently as 2019, he raised concerns about the uh, abortion, uh, an abortion legislation in Alabama. Quote, I'm really worried about it. I've taken care of a lot of women who had issues around, uh, around, in, around childbirth. Uh, he said that there was not the idea that there's a heartbeat six weeks into pregnancy, uh, he kind of poo-pooed that idea. Quote, I mean, there are electrical exchanges at six weeks, but the heart's not beating. If you're going to make it a litmus test, is the heart beating, and then really make it the heart beating. So uh, all over the map on abortion. On the Second Amendment, this is gets even better. Quote, I've pulled bullets from bodies. Some victims I could save and some I could not. Uh, all around the country, America's doctors and nurses are rising up and saying, enough is enough. This cannot be our reality. He hosted two guests on us. Uh, let's see, until from 2007 until early this year, he was the lead co-author on regular medical advice columns that uh, called occasionally, not every, not every column, but uh, did call for stricter gun control laws. Quote, just think how many lives strict background checks and tighter automatic weapon magazine and ammunition regulations could save without impinging on anyone's rights. He wrote way, way, way back in the, in the previous century of 2017. Uh, if you want to bring it <laughs> home to uh, the, uh, New Mexico and uh, the way that a way that a lot of us have make our living and produce a lot of tax revenue, fracking. Other advice columns he wrote warned about, of course, the health risks of hydraulic fracturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, we wonder how eager the leaders of the natural gas industry would be to drink well water from a farm next to one of those drilling wow. sites, wow. he said. Uh, and as recently as December 2020, uh, what's that, uh, a year and you know four or five months, he posted on Facebook, quote, your mask is a sign of love. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Yeah, you're conservative. Uh, you're Pennsylvania conservative uh, Republican. Uh, this is the problem. Now, I, I, I hope that everybody can you know tolerate uh, this rant maybe just a little bit, a little bit longer because I think it's important. You should understand who your conservatives are, who your Republicans are. If you don't understand who they are, where they are on the positions on this stuff, I think that that's very important. Um, now, let's get to this weird Trump endorsement that's 
that's coming uh, uh, down uh, for Dr. Oz. And my, my beef with Dr. Oz is I'm, I know that he's not getting the type of airplay that the rest of the candidates are getting. I'm like, why aren't we actually having a real conservative, real Republican? It's like the conservative national hosts are giving it to Dr. Oz because he's a celebrity. If one thing we know about Republicans is we hate celebrity. We're not interested in it. We don't care. Like our, our big celebrity is like, I don't know what, Kevin Costner, you know, Yellowstone or, you know, you know, a, an actor, somebody who has, you know, I really like that guy. Or I like that athlete, you know, a, you know, a Herschel Walker, Tom Brady in, in football. Nobody likes the NBA if you're pretty much conservative. I mean, if you do, then that, that's interesting. Uh, given all the woke stuff that goes on there, you know, oh, you're a Republican. You, I'm not trying to classify things, but we just don't care about celebrity. So why is it every single time the Republicans race out to bring in a celebrity? It's like you weren't cool. You're, you, you don't, you're not, it's not enough for your values. You need to go find a, a face and strap it on and, and run with this. It just doesn't make sense. So let's get into this. Uh, doesn't make sense to me. True conservative Donald Trump uh, getting behind Dr. Oz doubt. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, he's definitely gotten some uh, some some response. Let me see if I can get the right. Oh, okay. Sean Hannity played it. Oh, I mean, well, he, yeah. He, like as a lead-in for Doctor. Oh, here comes Doctor Oz. Uh, pro-abortion, you know, pro- anti-fracking, uh, anti-gun, you know, basically uh, pro-masking, uh, pro-shutdown. Yes, Doctor Oz is going to take over and win Pennsylvania against uh, whoever he's going to go against, and and that that's who you got, and that's uh, not the kind of we don't need another Mitt Romney. No, 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 and in fact, that's one of the tweets. So Eric Erickson, I think he's involved with one of the the top uh, uh, conservative blogs. It's like Donald Trump's staff is sabotaging him by convincing him to make the worst possible endorsements. Uh, Breitbart, which is an, an interesting site, I don't agree with them on everything, but they do do, do some really good work. Uh, the editor in at large, Joel Pollack. Uh, Trump's endorsement quote could divide MAGA in the only way that matters. Uh, he could lose America first. Conservatives over it. Uh, Tim Swain is a Republican running for Congress in South Carolina. Oz is Romney 2.0 awful endorsement. So it's not just you, Eddie. There's a lot of people who are noticing that this is a problematic situation with our beloved surgeon. And he's littering the airwaves with his voice and his his opinions. And I don't care about Dr. Oz. I, I, I don't. I'm just absolutely sick and tired of just hearing from him and getting lots of texts and uh, people. Look, folks, uh, you know, the last couple of days, I I just want to say, you know, you're hearing things that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. But we're at a different point where we can now say what we want and say it emphatically, I think, twice as much. It feels like a free speech day. So I'm, I'm feeling it. Like your drug is whatever, whatever drug you have. Okay, my drug is free speech. The more I can say what I think, what I feel, and th- like you can't do this in other countries. And when you have Elon Musk doing what he's doing, I feel like the floodgates are wide open and we should. Like we've been pent up for far too long. Shutting your mouth with the mask, you know, that's basically what that signaled to me is like, yeah, keep your mouth shut. You do as we say. No, no, no. That's not the country that we live in. And now you have, uh, you know, Kamala Harris uh, getting her, 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 oh, see how well that's worked with the vaccine and, I mean, the story has constantly evolved. We've been on top of it since day number one, folks. Day number one. We've been here for this. And I know you don't like to hear I told you so. My dad hates to hear I told you so. Like, I was telling my dad, I was like, uh, Dad, you need to do this. If you listen to me, you know, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, 
here, dad, I'm going to give you some advice. And I gave him the advice. And now he ends up doing the advice three weeks later. Why does he do it three weeks later? Because it's a good advice. And it's not something that I know something about. Money just falls out of my mouth, folks. I had a woman, literally, she just started making oregano oil. Like, well, uh, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. And here's what you can do. And she's like, whoa, oh my God. Yeah. I said, well, can you imagine if you looked at it like this and this and this? And she's like, oh yeah. So, okay, well, let's make some oregano oil and just to start distributing it because you don't need a medical license or anything to do it. And it's not snake oil. Oh, it's oregano oil. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little gimmick right there. It's not snake oil. It's oregano oil and it actually does work. But uh, anyway, I'm tired of Dr. Oz and I hope that uh, you guys are, you know, tired of that kind of stuff too because you can't have a pro-mask, pro-vaxxing, you know, it, it, even when Sean Hannity comes on, I cringe every single time. Well, I got the vax. It's not the responsible thing to do. It's not that you realize like what kind of stance I'm taking here. Or, like the people who I, I risk making mad when I do, I don't, I don't care. That's why you listen to the show. So you can get these types of opinions because no one's going to come on and tell you, well, uh, Eddie, Dr. Oz was on uh, earlier. You shouldn't say anything because Sean, he's Sean Hannity approved. Oh, he's Sean Hannity approved. You say, okay, let's do everything Sean Hannity tells us to do. Let's do everything Donald Trump tells us to do. Let's do everything that uh, any talk show host that tells us to do. That's not free speech. That's not free thinking. Well, I expect to go ahead and no, we want to get you through these things so you can think for yourselves and make your choices. You just got a bunch of information on Dr. Oz. I guarantee 10 out of 10 people who listened would say, you know what? Guess what? I'm not voting for Dr. Oz based upon the information that I heard. And Dr. Oz, where are you on, on these issues right now? This is well-informed voting not happening on your conservative airwaves right now. Why? Because it's a sales pitch. And, and this is one of the things I really liked about Tucker Carlson. I'll wrap it up here. Tucker Carlson came out in defense of Alex Jones. In my opinion, that is a seismic shift in conservative talk radio. It wasn't that long ago when it was one British guy. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the, I don't know, weak, mealy mouth CNN guy. And you see what's happening with CNN. I, and that, that's part of my confidence, too, is that we're seeing, seeing the failure of liberal media everywhere. Okay. And, and by the way, if you are a conservative, there's so many conservatives who are out there. They can't say what they want to say until somebody in the mainstream validates their opinion. They're like, oh, the water's warm. New York Times validated this story. We can all start talking about Hunter Biden again. I was talking about Hunter Biden for the last two years. Has anybody even thought to uncover as to why that laptop, when I, I throw this out there, has anybody even thought to uncover as to why that damn laptop was dropped off at Albuquerque? Yeah, I must turn, uh, make a left turn at Albuquerque. Is there a reason why? Yes, there is. And I happen to have it. We'll talk about that. And uh, no, not anytime soon. When the time is right. Uh, back on this day, uh, one of the great ones, uh, Dowd, lost his life. Uh, old George Jones at the Ransom Music Factory. And uh, he is uh, certainly one of the best. Uh, he died at the age of 81 from hypoxic respiratory failure. This is a couple of weeks after his final concert in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the young age of, nine, of 81. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 433, sorry for the long open, but uh, you heard what I had to say about Dr. Oz. I don't know where you're at on that. You're welcome to text in 550-5500. Back and forth. Thanks for listening. I watch the years pass slowly. She still prayed 
arms of mine. He kept her pictures on his wall. I saw him go half crazy now and then. Oh, but he still loved her through it all. He kept hoping she'd come back again. Found love letters by his bed. Did it in '62. He had underlined in red every single I love. I went to see my friend today. Oh, but I didn't see no tears. All dressed up to go away. First time I'd seen him smile in years. He stopped loving her. They placed a ring. And soon they'll carry him away. The whole neighborhood knows that I'm home drunk again. If drinking don't kill me, her memory will. I can't hold out much longer The way that I feel With the blood from my body Wow, uh, drinking did not kill George Jones at 81. It was hypoxic respiratory failure, so horrible way to go. Uh, basically... I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, hypoxic uh, respiratory failure is the same as suffocation. Is that uh, oh. about right, Dowd? I think so. I, I, I would, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to answer that, Eddie. But I'm lost in Doctor Oz's <laughs> views on healthcare right now. Which uh, um, well, how's it coming? What, what, what else is there? Well, I'd love the, the healthcare. Maybe just a little, a little taste. Yeah, of, let's, uh, of let's lockdown. get a taste. Uh, he recently taste. said that he, he would not have changed any of his uh, stances throughout the COVID pandemic. Mm. Uh, and he, he said, they asked him if, you know, would you revise or change any of your positions? He, he flatly said no. So that means that he stands by praising, Calif praising California's liberal governor for locking down the state, praising China and saying we need to lock down our country like they locked down, saying that there were medical reasons to lock down schools but only political reasons not to lock down schools. We know the complete opposite is true. He said he didn't understand why people were uh, debating the wearing of masks. He referred oh to Dr. Fauci as a quote-unquote pro that Dr. Oz respects uh, and even questioned President Trump 
on whether it was safe to reopen the country. Uh, that's more recent healthcare. Let's go back in time to the okay, Obamacare sure. era. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture right now where the Obama White House was hosting regional oh. uh, uh, town halls on how wonderful Obamacare was. Oh. There's a picture of Dr. Oz uh, being one of the speakers at one of these town halls. He has argued for the individual mandate. He, uh, again, appeared at the White House event. He said it was, quote, unquote, criminal if you opposed Obamacare. He said that he agreed with Hillary Clinton's health care agenda. Uh, he has also endorsed, I guess, a 20% payroll tax to uh, do a, a Medicare for everyone and the last one i'll, I'll shut up after this i'm, I'm no, sure can you shut up i mean where does it stop <laughs> but the one that really eddie has just completely set me off um oh, and I, I, those, and those, that wasn't enough no that wasn't enough oh, because, okay. because because this one's about kids and i and i do think that some of the worst political demagogues are always using children but yes the more i, I read about these and, the, and it's not even so much politicians as these sicko parents that think it's it's uh uh, cool and hip and popular to have a transgendered child and to support their children and to drug their children and have operations on their children when their bodies aren't even developed. I'm a libertarian. If you had, in your 20s want to do whatever you want to your body, but we're talking about young, young children. Uh, he had a show, I guess, not too long ago. Uh, he said that I, quote, I showed views that needed to be expressed on network television regarding transgenderism uh, on the show. At least one of the shows, they discussed surgery for children as young as eight. Uh, this is, again, his opponent saying he promoted the use of hormone blockers to prevent puberty. But the one that really ticks me off the most, uh, because you can get into subjective analysis of this kind of stuff. Here's an exact quote. Uh, a parent who was helping transition their child. He said, quote, I love the support you're, you've given your daughter. It's wonderful. And you can see the beautiful young woman she's becoming because oh of my it. Gosh. I mean, this is some sick stuff, Eddie. Again, he's on Hannity. He is on Clay and Buck. He is on all these talk shows. And this is why we lose our party. This is why we lose our positions. The party doesn't need to move and attract to cast a wider net. It needs to continue to fishing the same waters where it gathers all its supporters. Otherwise, there's going to be somebody else there to go ahead and you know pick that up. I mean, what does the Republican Party stand for if they're going to allow? I mean, I, I'd hate to be a Pennsylvania Republican. It's almost as bad as being a New Mexico Republican. <laughs> is that fair, is that fair to say? Very. very. I mean, you, you talk to a New Mexico Republican. It's basically a Democrat pretty much everywhere else. They love their right. They'll su they'll support a Democrat for running for mayor. Dude, I'm over it, folks. Don't worry about it. I'm just I'm just making a point. If such a thing can actually be made anymore without offending people. Well, yeah, I can because uh, we are in day number one. Uh, uh, Dowd, uh, could you read my Twitter uh, bio? Because I'm really bad at uh, the, the, the tweeting or the twittering. So I'm at the Rock of Talk. Oh, well, uh, that's Rock what it is. I can't Ryle took my at Rock of Talk. The I just Rock of Talk. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm at, at the Rock of Talk. Uh, Fat Roger decided to go. He's going to draw cartoons about me as he normally does because. You know, what, what do aging fat bodies uh, generally do? They draw pictures of people, apparently, uh, and <laughs> post them all over the Internet. So that's great. Now I can, you know, post all my, you know, uh, smut all over uh, the Internet. Uh, my bio doubt uh, you can leave out the expletive if you if you feel like. Uh, I, I will. Uh, I, I don't want any trouble in, in D.C. And D.C. already hates me enough. Uh, the capital T, capital H, capital E, Eddie Aragon. The, at the Rock you, of Talk. You know, what, uh, you know what I was thinking about when I uh, said that? It was like, you know, have you ever seen those guys that are at uh, the, they do the NFL, the U. 
you know, they, they always announce their, I wanted, I wanted to have that kind of impact. I wrote, I put a real kind of like a, uh, kind of, uh, <clears throat> kind of athletic type of photo on there. The University of Miami. I'm, I'm the- a little ashamed to admit that my alma mater, uh, many decades ago, uh, began the trend of calling, uh, calling themselves uh, the George Washington <laughs> University. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So I got to put the. Uh, this is my real uh, bleeping account. I shoot straight, account, yes. love hard, and I don't miss. Back on four twenty six twenty two. Thanks, Elon. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Okay, so here's the really important thing. Dow just did something. Dow just did something that we as conservatives have been doing. He just made my point without me having to make it. And all you guys are doing it because you guys are, you guys know what let's go Brandon means. It's F Joe Biden. Well, literally says on my Twitter account, F Joe Biden. Oh, Eddie, that's a, what, what, what kind of thing is that? What, what, what do you want to put that stuff out? Don't you know you're a father? Isn't there something kind of good? When my kids hear expletives or anything, they hear them directly from me. And I'm like, well, you guys don't pay bills uh, uh, high enough to go ahead and, and say drop F-bombs and S-bombs and all the rest of that kind of stuff, okay? And they know what they are, and they know that they can't do that kind of thing. And then the other thing it says is, like, this would get you banned, right? So I'm waiting to see if they're going to ban me to kick, kick things off. Okay, just throw that up there. That's my profile. We've already been shadow banned, right? The Rock of Talk has been shadow oh, banned everywhere. Uh, dot chat, yeah. I mean, we, we they Fat just... Roger, Fat Roger is running around with at Rock of Talk, um, you know, doing what doing the controlled opposition for the Republicans. He's he has yet to rear his big fat ugly head, but he'll certainly do it uh, with at Rock of Talk. So he took that account, which is totally fine. I don't care. That's why I put on the. I think so. Elon has advanced the cause for free speech. And the argument that I made when I was telling you uh, is now suddenly other conservatives are starting to talk about like, oh, this is like saving the republic. This is like, uh, you know, when we go back and we think about the great times in history, we're going to think about the time when Elon Musk. <clears throat> okay, that point was already made. You don't think they swim up on our uh, little shores here in the uh, rock of talk world and all the rest of these things? Not that it's insightful. But it is something that is having that level of impact. This morning, you heard Glenn Beck talk about things the very same way. And then, you know, you got through about two hours of Glenn Beck, and I was like on hour three, and you brought that uh, good-looking South Carolina governor, the one who uh, cheated on her husband. What's her name? Oh, Nikki. Uh, Nikki. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. The neocon that she was. What did, what did, Nikki, what did Nikki Haley do? You guys all take shots at me, so I don't, I don't really care who I insult it doesn't really matter. Nikki Haley is out like, well, we got to save the, we got to save the Ukraine. We need to get there and fight for freedom. If we punch dictators in the nose, like, why don't you puck, punch the, the, the local dictator and Joe Biden? Like, this is the point that she's making. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, is it, this is what's passing for a conservative now. This uh, a neocon speak. And the first thing, this is how you know you're listening to a neocon warmonger. They will immediately tell you that they are not a neocon. The first thing out of their mouth. I'm not going to. Uh, 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 Colonel Allen West took pictures with him. He came down here. Total warmonger. Ready to go. War, war, war. No, we're not interested. They asked us for 300, 500. Now a million, a billion, two billion. I mean, it, it's not going to stop. And this is why the war is going to last forever in the Ukraine. It's a territory we don't even understand. You couldn't. If I asked you to draw Ukraine on a map, you, you'd draw me a Rorschach test because you don't know what the hell it looks like. So why is your money going there? And what is it supporting? Where does it actually go? 
support a a a a, a uh, also dictator in Zelensky who's murdering people as well, where Joe Biden hides his money with his his son Hunter, and all this stuff is going to start coming out. I got to wonder what the three letters are going to start doing. Is, is this at this point where if you can get out enough information to start saying enough truth and, you know, hopefully you don't get your uh, passwords compromised that, you know, if somebody comes and ends your life and kills you because you're speaking out uh, too strongly and, and, and too much that they just start ripping down your Twitter accounts. You can't do that anymore because now Elon Musk owns, he has your opinions. He's, he's going to protect them. At least that's the hope. That's the hope. I believe Elon Musk was uh, smoking a doobie with uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he was. Now, if anybody thinks that 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 Elon Musk is a conservative, well, you, you just had to see him with a giant blunt in his mouth with Joe Rogan. He's not a conservative, okay? He's not saving the republic, but he is saving free speech. And that is good. He wants to be able to say the things that he wants to say, and he gives them a, a certain level of, of credibility. Uh, I can see, I can um, only imagine what it's going to do for his branding on the other side. Think about this for a second. And it occurred to me almost immediately down. It's like, this is a good business move for Tesla because who is the only people? And what if this whole entire thing was this great energy transition act? Transition to get more people to buy electric cars. Hey, you know what? I, I like Elon Musk. He saved free speech. I'm going to go buy one of his cars that are so damn expensive. I don't need gas anymore. You're an idiot. How about getting Elon Musk <clears throat> to make sure that there's no more, you know, repeal the federal mandates? Because that's the first thing I want to start talking about when it comes to oil and energy and opening up. I, I want to pipeline the heck of that thing and put Elon Musk Tesla out of business so we can go back and use gas again. Why? Because it would make New Mexico great again. The more Teslas we sell, the less oil and gas we sell. Yes, folks, <laughs> the more Teslas we sell, there's an inverse relationship. Follow that inverse relationship, and it makes New Mexico poorer and poorer and poorer. If any of your Republican candidates are vaxxed and own an electric vehicle, don't vote for them. I don't care who they are. You own a Tesla. I, you know, I'd be up there. I, you got to stick me in a crowd somewhere so I can start asking these candidates questions. <laughs> Do you own an electric vehicle? Well, okay, you're out. You're, in my opinion, you're not a conservative. You're, you're starving oil and gas. Would you shut down the Keystone and XL pipelines? Did you when vax your children? How about that? <laughs> yeah, your education. Do you care about education? Apparently, they don't care about education. So, anyway, it's uh, one of those things that... Uh, we, we should continue to address 550, 50, 500 is E. Okay, here we go. The New York Times is copious amounts of well-written nonsense. I'm so glad here, doubt. Here's a compliment for you. Oh, people are following me. Okay, that's good. At the Rock of Talk. I don't know that I have anything cool that I'm going to be putting out because I say it on the air and I'm too lazy to put it out on. Like I said, I can't continue. I'm just going to start writing until he opens up the spigots beyond 140 characters. <laughs> I think like, it's two. I think it's two eighty now. They hope they they expanded it. Oh, a little is it two eighty? Yeah. It's two eighty oh. now. Yeah. Well, why 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 would it be two two eighty? Why wouldn't it be six six six? You know, <laughs> like the rest of his signals that he does with all of his uh, kids' names, right? Jack Doesn't he Dorsey do that? Is he pretty sick. Weird, yeah. He has a weird child with an. Anyway, he has this whole thing. Um. <clears throat> anyway, oh my God, I love you, Eddie. I so believe in oil and gas in this state. El Elon has Elon has a motive. Sales. Bingo. I'm going to sell to all the conservatives. I'm going to jump on Twitter and buy a Tesla. <laughs> I'm going to buy a Twitter and I'm going to uh, get on Twitter and, and ride a scooter. 
<laughs> I'm grateful for what Elon's doing. Not grateful enough to go in hock for a uh, $100,000 car, folks. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not that grateful. <laughs> I am so glad Dow chases stories in local newspapers. I do. You do? He's a, he's nope, a, nobody he's else a, does. <laughs> he's a small town newspaper chaser. I love it. I just love it. I love it. Someone needs to make a t-shirt for that. In high school, I was shown many flat files flat files filled with New York Times microfilm in a community college library and was told breathlessly it was the paper of record. Oh, I remember that. We all, at the University of New Mexico, we got a free subscription to the New York Times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the news that's fit to print. Now I realize it was all a scam. Is Elon Musk a classical liberal? You know what Elon Musk is? He's intelligent and he's undefinable. When you have that much money, you can't define what his actual motives are. But I guarantee you, all the conservatives out there, who, especially the right of Republicans, hey, I'm going to go get a, a Tesla. Hey, Janice, can I get one of those uh, 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 Teslas? Look how cool I am. I told you, they're virtue signaling. That's what that's going to uh, Any hypoxic respiratory failure is when your lungs can't exchange oxygen with carbon dioxide to maintain oxygen levels in the bloodstream that is conducive for life. This is more likely related to your lungs not being able to do their job. Basically, CO2 builds up in the bloodstream and your brain starves from lack of oxygen. You pass out before you die. It can be a peaceful way to die. It's at least a better way to die than suffocating to death. Oh, thank you so much. That makes me feel okay. good. I tell you what I know and what I don't know. George so, Jones liked his booze and he liked his cocaine. So the fact that he oh, made me, it really? as, as late as he did is kind of a minor miracle. Uh, if, if, if George Jones made it that far, my, my teetotaling non-cocaine habit, will, I'll, I'll be 230. <laughs> How do we know? Has anyone done a study if you live longer on booze and cocaine in different amounts? You know, mm -hmm. uh, why wouldn't somebody do it? Like, if you really want to, uh, you know, get in charge of free speech, so someone just, I'm, I'm all for drugs and for anybody who wants to do them. I just don't want to bail anybody out who's, who's in it. Period. There should be no uh, reparations. There should be no, uh, what, what do you call it uh, when, when you uh, basically rehabilitation? We don't need to rehabilitate any drug addict. Literally, just don't rehabilitate them. Let, let them go. They don't care. You don't need to care. Uh, at one point, George was so far gone with the yes. Bolivian, the Bolivian marching powder, uh, <laughs> the the booger sugar, that he was demanding payment in cocaine for his concert performances. <laughs> hey, hey, that's like alternative currency, like Bitcoin. You know, I mean, barter. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Caracas. You ever remember that famous scene? Uh, remember the famous scene in. Uh, Tony, I Tony. tell you, if anybody asks me, Tony, I Don't tell you, me, Tony. you, you ever, hey, I, never had, I never give it to anyone <laughs> who didn't have it coming to him. They were in Cochabamba, Bolivia. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they were getting their, what did you call it? Bolivian marching powder. Yes. <laughs> did they really feed that to their armies uh, before I think they I went think in? Yeah, Get them all cooked up. I, I, I listened to uh, you know the comedian Adam Kroll every day, and he was, he, as he said, he was, he's a fan of, pre-AIDS mid-Coke America. Uh, so you're talking like 19... You know exactly the year that was. Yeah. Pre-AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Pre 1974 to 1982. He loves that era. So I hear a lot of cocaine uh, euphemisms on that podcast. Yeah, that, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm going to buy a uh, testicula and smoke near Mexica. Okay, I say this guy's fine. No mas, the tweeter and the sheeter. Uh, and that was uh, S-H-E-E-T-E-R. Dr. Ozzy's in the... Cheater now. You lifted the lid, bro. I know. There we go. Uh, Matt says, I consider Romney much worse than Dr. Oz. I don't know about that. 
I don't know about, I don't know if I would say that much worse because we, he hasn't done anything yet to right, you know, right, personally, right. you know, I mean, Romney literally threw an election. <sighs> he literally threw an election. He is in deep red state, whereas Oz is in a blue state. Romney is who he truly is, as he could be right of Attila the Hun and he's elected and be elected, whereas Oz has to be fake and just change colors. Just my take. Let's go, Brandon. Stop saying let's go, Brandon. Now you can say F Joe Biden. And I hope that you guys all start saying that. Winston Churchill drank three-fifths of scotch, a magnum of champagne, and five Cuban cigars a day. Good point. <laughs> is that what he gave? Is that what he had? Liquid courage? <laughs> U.S. military has been making it rain for years. This is great news. China has been creating weather for years. Check out primarywater.org. Okay. Do all, we could do the weather show some other day. There are only two cents in the Bible you can be put together for. One being homosexual. And second, working on the Sabbath. If you think it's okay to work on a Sunday and not be put to death, and therefore, two, being gay should be okay. Oh, being gay should be okay. Here we go. Let's just move God's word. Is it God's word? Or is it your interpretation of God's word? Here we go, Christians. Jump in. Jump into the fire here. I'd love to say it. Well, you know. Uh, wow, no one, I can't, I can't show this. Yes, on hypoxic, you are correct, Eddie. No, I was not correct, actually. What a show today, Eddie. Eddie bringing the hammer and Possum doing the music. Oh, there we go. I don't know, is that, what's his name? Possum? Uh, George Jones' nickname was Possum, yeah. George Jones, let's go. What, I, what and is? I can announce right now, Eddie, that for subscribers, when the show notes go out, uh, the click to, uh, at the top of the, the photo, at the top, will be a picture of Dr. Oz in Santa Fe at the wedding that Eddie mentioned oh! earlier this hour. Oh! On September nineteenth, baby, I, I believe it was yeah September nineteenth of twenty nineteen. I think it was, uh -huh. and uh, he and his wife with the two same sex partners getting married in Santa Fe. I found it online. Boom. Nailed you. Yep. Nailed you. See that? Just the uh, rock of talk. I don't refer to myself in the third person unless I get it right. Just like Alex Jones, you said Alex Jones was right. Back after the top of the hour news. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Hour two just for you. Up next. These old bones, they move. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. I'm Tim Berg. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on the M600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ this afternoon. I can't stop. It just keeps going and going and going. Like we do, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Uh, you can go ahead and podcast us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. We're all there. And then, of course, you can download the apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. And for the fully annotated notes, as well as uh, all the rest of the stuff, as I get through the engineering things uh, here in the Kiva, you can find them directly at rockoftalk.chat. You can find me on Twitter at the, the Miami, Miami uh, Ohio State University, the Eddie Aragon, no, at the Rock of Talk. Rock of Talk, and you can find Dowd Muska. He's going to reactivate his Dowd Muska, the only Dowd Muska you'll ever know and you'll ever need to know. Uh, he is right here in the Kiva Hour 2. Oh, we still have, uh, still doing time here with uh, George Jones. I apologize for that. George just, uh, George doesn't want to go into that uh, silent uh, goodnight. Hour 2, just for you. Dowd Muska, how are you? 
Uh, yeah, thinking of going back to Twitter, uh, we do have Rock of Talk underscore chat, which is for our website, and I've been trying to reach a younger younger audience with that. And we have Eddie Ben. I've been looking at the analytics. We have been shadow banned for about the last six weeks or so. No one is seeing pretty much any of our posts because no one's retweeting, no one's liking. Uh, we used to get those regularly every day. So uh, Elon, you know, it's interesting. I mean, he's talking about maybe doing uh, a, an annual, f- a monthly fee for Twitter uh, to go to more a revenue oh, producing. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Elon's looking at a lot of different I things, like and it's I just, different. I just, I want what everybody in the conservative and libertarian world wants on Twitter: a level playing field. You know where you stand, and, to, and in terms of laying down the what the standards should be, I just think Elon should be here. Is here is Twitter now? Number one. No porno. Number two, no violence. Number three, the rest, free speech. I mean, it's to me, it's as simple as that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I would disagree with you. If you're a true libertarian, you don't care about the pornos, the violence, or anything else. That there should be everything. It should be a free for all. I want the full fledged, uh, unadulterated pictures of the exact count of nine thousand dead people in Ukraine. Will you Ooh. please stack those side by side so I can wa- see those somewhere? So I don't have to go searching into the, I want the under uh, web to be right there surfaced on Twitter. If I want to find something, I don't want to go to Google anymore. And you've already seen that stuff happen. People are like, I don't want to search for it because I know Google's doing this. And I want Twitter to be the place where someone found the one link and he's, oh, look, guys, I found it. I found it. And by the way, uh, I was uh, kidding. Twitter should be free and everybody should be on it. Um, look, 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 guys, look, look, I got the link. And then I want the link to stay up because Twitter figured out a way to go ahead and find something that could be banned. And if they wanted to be really intelligent, I hope you're listening, Elon Musk, because money just falls out of my mouth. I'll never make the money on any of these ideas. Okay. I never will. Cause then it's fine. That's, and I don't care. Cause I'm a, I, I'm a talk. Just listen to what I'm telling you. If you found a way to capture something on a risk of threat assessment that it was going to be banned and you captured the video and you recorded it and you kept it up there so that that content could never be removed. Boom. That's truth. That's everything. And you know that you want to get rid of the free porno websites. I'll tell you a way, way to do it. I'll, I'll the be, easy way to do it. Cause so you want to keep your children away from it. Just watch the number of people who will shun that stuff on Twitter immediately and start just hitting those accounts. Mm-hmm. You'll just have people just like, Oh, you want to identify yourself as the person who's like putting out that smut and pushing out this stuff. You know, th- there you go. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Uh, nothing better than having all the opinions. So uh, you want to weigh in, on, on, on an issue and be able to do so in whatever, 280 characters, 666 characters. I, you know, I'm joking, but, you know, who knows what it, people want to go ahead and, and do. It's, it's his to do with what he wants. I would definitely advance the idea that he does not ask anybody to pay one single dime ever, ever for what he's doing, okay? Because he is basically a platform. And in a platform... Uh, Oh, got another uh, another another follower. It just came through on my little Twitter. I didn't shut off my notifications yet. So, um, and I think that that's important because he'll be able to gather all of the activity, and of course, in exchange for that, he'll get to gauge whether or not you're interested in one of his vehicles, which I think might be <laughs> his, his capitalistic motivation. The first trillionaire will be uh, the Twitter trillionaire will be um, Elon Musk. So there you go. Capture that. Well, stuff. Well, Eddie, you do see, up. I mean, there are, there are tools. You, you can block people on Twitter. If, if, if people are sending things out right. that are, you know, hardcore pornography, you can hit, hit the block button. Um, I mean, th- there's a legal implication of if, if, if you're, 
you know, as I've always said, if you if you're putting something online, go to this address at this time. Here's a picture of this person. Shoot them. That's a little different than just criticizing someone's views on healthcare. You know, so I do well, think there's a, a distinction there. But um, yeah, but that's I mean, the platform though. Again, yeah, it's the platform. Right. The platform that's cannot the be responsible if he's right. a publisher. It's right. different. The idea is that he had a platform and then, I, you know, you, you could almost say, and sorry for interrupting you here on this, but I think if he just established himself as the platform where you place all the stuff, then people don't have to go to, you know, fake CNN or fake Fox News or fake this or fake that. They don't have to do that anymore. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I finally had a place so I don't have to watch 30 minutes of TV and sit through all these ridiculous ads of this stuff. I basically found the one place and, you know, the, the power in terms of the uh, word of mouth becomes that much more powerful. And then you know that it's only going to be so long if, if that's any means anything to you. Or if, if you follow me, it'll just be a run-on sentence for, you know, 666 <laughs> characters. Well, that's always been the, the fault lines in this debate about speech in the social media environment because nobody saw this. No, nobody, I mean, I, I started in October. I'll, I'll have 30 years in this world of observing reality and trying to portray my perspective on reality and how we can maybe move back toward wiser public policies. You know, it, it, it's very different when Katie Graham and the Columbia Broadcasting System, they're the ones who own those mechanisms uh, of, of conveying ideas. Now, potentially you, your little, some little schmuck in an apartment somewhere can can send out, can write an essay or, or post a video and it can go viral and hundreds of millions of people can see it. So we're in a very, very different environment now where uh, what what is the moral and legal obligations of those companies uh, uh, to to regulate themselves? And of course, if you're a for-profit company, what is the obligation of free speech versus doing what's best for your shareholders? I mean, Elon. The thing about Elon is Elon is such an innovator. He's he's not going to be running Twitter with this preconceived ideological bias that the Jack Dorsey and the, the Silicon Valley lunatics are. I mean, Eddie uh, uh, Eddie Elon is going to going to look at this. And not be beholden to some sort of sicko ideology. I mean, it's it's going to be doing what's right for the company in the most inno- inno- innovative way, while still retaining his respect for Twitter as a as a the potential of Twitter, not the reality, the potential of Twitter to be the new public square. So I'm very excited about where we're going. No matter what yeah. Elon does, he's not going to get everything right. And I don't think we should jump down his throat if he gets one thing wrong. I don't think um, he's, he can. He can't get anything wrong here. Let me let me take issue with a few things that you said, and and I do like what you're saying, but let's let's kind of just refine it and understand. Let's just abstract and just be very ascetic in this. Let's dry it out, okay? Let's dry this thing out and let's boil it down to its bare bones. Every single newspaper has a bias, whether it's from the left, whether it's from the right, whether sure. wherever it's from, it's got a bias. Every radio station, every television station, every single thing that it does, it it literally is just bias, okay? We do know that Twitter as a platform, okay, needs to be exactly that and that only. It doesn't need to regulate. It needs to be free and open and unregulated. I don't think you should, you know, censor porn or violence or anything, okay? If you can't do that for yourself, you can't take care of yourself. And if you can't take care of your children and all the other things that are responsible, that's on you. We live in a, it should be the wild west. I'll tell you the safest place in the entire country is a, a Northern town in, in Nevada. You know, which is what it is. And everyone runs around open caring because they know that there's a threat. And it's like, okay, how do you protect yourself against a threat? Humans are smart. Okay. 
you want to be able to go through, not waste time, hit a hashtag or hit a trending or whatever he decides that he wants to do. And I think the trending thing is terrible because I think it's, it, it basically incurs a level of, of bias. But you brought up something, Dowd, that I thought is probably, you know, the, 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 the nugget, if you will. I'm going back to my commercial real estate. Yeah, you got a little nugget. You take away a little nugget. Right and wrong. Get rid of it. Twitter needs to be not a place where it is right or wrong, but forces, marshalling forces, left, right, center, right, wrong, if, then, what, but, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. And if it were like that, then you would be attracted to it because, you know, it would be the one place that you'd be like, oh, I'm getting the real deal. I'm getting the real story. I could figure it out. I disagree with that. I, I, it's like, oh, my God, I'm thinking again. What, what, what is this? I just feel like we just defeated communism right here. Yes. Break down the wall. Uh, we just have a, a completely and totally unregulated platform where we can talk about anything at any time for any reason. And the guy that runs it uh, happened to just preserve the public space is the other phrase that he used. This, the, the, the airwaves of this radio station belong not to me. They belong to you. Yes, you hear me a lot. You hear doubt a lot. You hear our talkers a lot but it belongs to you. It is licensed by the federal government. And I want you to understand just how important that responsibility is, okay? When there's an emergency broadcast, it's not a right or wrong. <laughs> it's not a, it's, it's a responsibility. Your government has a responsibility to preserve your free speech. If it is to exist, it is a corporation like Apple, like Twitter, like Tesla. And in order for it to continue to exist in its current form as a re representative republic, there is that very important thing called the Bill of Rights. And that First Amendment is incessant or, or excuse me, um, imperative to the definition of what made us what we are, because it is the origin of the species of America which is us, so we could practice whatever religion we wanted to practice, okay? I happen to think my religion's going to win out, okay? So in order to do that, we have to have a level playing field, which is the other thing, public space, platform, unregulated, free market, you know, things can take place. There's, there's repercussions. There's actual, you know, gravity can actually exist. <laughs> the laws of physics can actually exist if you, if you follow what I'm saying here. There's interactions, and we've taken that away. We've separated. You can't fly here. You have to mask up there. You have to vax this. You have to do that. You can't go through these doors unless you did X, Y, and Z. And Elon Musk is like, you can do whatever the hell you want to right here in this platform. And I'm willing to pay $45 billion to preserve that right. That is so incredibly important. It's more important than going to Mars because who's to say, well, in order for you to go to Mars, you're going to have to fulfill X, Y, and Z. Like, I want to go to Mars and I have enough money to do it. Well, what's going to prevent me from doing it? I want to walk into that business. I want to go into that. Uh, you know, I don't want this to be banned to me or this to, to be regulated or any of this stuff. And we have to really think about just how impactful all of this stuff. The Albuquerque Journal is not a free speech zone. Okay. When I take phone calls, do I screen them? I don't care how many times Dictionary Dave calls, okay? No, I do care, actually. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> why a ya mule? Uh, I, I do care about that. 
okay? Because it's like uh, the radios, I can feel them turning off. And I know what works and I know what doesn't, okay? And Elon Musk is not the back page of the editorial page where things are regulated. We decide what can be put on, what, what isn't going to be put on, how it works, how it doesn't work. That defeats the purpose of an FCC license. That defeats the purpose of any free speech, the First Amendment, you name it. And I think it's so incredibly important at this particular time, four years away, and I told you, I didn't see this coming. I'm glad I didn't see this coming, okay? But I knew better than to exist on any of those platforms. But what's the first platform that I jumped on? And I, I saw, you know, my favorite people who have been followers of the radio station for X amount of years who have followed me faithfully. They're like my first followers here on the radio state, on the, on the Twitter account, immediately. Like, oh, Eddie's doing that. I know what direction he's going. I'm going to do that. I'm like, yeah, because Eddie don't care. Eddie's going to be on that platform because he believes, doesn't know, because we all believe that Elon Musk is going to preserve our right to free speech and where he can do it. And yes, when I say that I want to see the 9,000 dead bodies, I want to see the 9,000 dead bodies and I want someone to prove it to me. I don't want someone to tell me some propaganda that it's happening so we can donate $2 billion a month to the Ukraine. When I, when I want to see what's on Hunter Biden's laptop, I don't want to search Google for that and go through images and have this blocked. And that, no, I don't want that. I want someone who has the link who's going to show me what's on Hunter Biden's laptop. And I think you deserve to know, actually. He's the son of the president. And it implies us being hogtied and blackmailed by China. This is, by the way, an anti-Chinese move, if you will. This, this whole move on Twitter it might save the, the United States of America if it's done right. Do I think it will? No. I mean, let's, they're going to figure out that the forces of evil, they're real. But this is a bigger, bigger get, if you will, to change the upcoming midterm elections than any amount of money that, I don't know, Mark Ronchetti or Michelle Lujan Grisham or anybody might spend in, in the elections. It's important that you understand. And, and if you really want to start exposing people, just go ahead, plaster it up there. I wouldn't care. Plaster whatever the heck you want up there. By the way, what happened to all your tweets on why were we getting shadow banned again on Twitter? Yeah, how, how does that happen, Dowd? Uh, probably related to uh, COVID, I would think, probably more than anything. Probably COVID. Just like YouTube, which is why we're not on YouTube, which we're not on. Like, I won't even send stuff up to Google because it just doesn't make any sense uh, whatsoever. All right. We got a lot of show to get to. We can do Twitter all day long. I can talk about free speech uh, all day long, and I think it's uh, an important thing, and we've got a lot of texts that are coming in. Low government alert, threat to national sovereignty set to go down. WHO will say I'm less worried about this. That's the other thing I think that I'm maybe more relaxed now than I've been in some time with the ability for people to expose other people on the, on a platform like Twitter. I think that's the other thing is I, I know that there's going to be a place where I can go and find and look and see things and people are going to getting their voices out again. I think that's important. Heidi, I think Twitter is going to fit in nicely with Starlink once he gets it fully operational. I don't even know what's, what's Starlink. Uh, that is his global satellite um, Wi-Fi system. Oh, why do I want that? <laughs> The arena of ideas is now open on Twitter. There you go. I think that that's, uh, that that's important. I'm not a perfect Christian, but you can't pick and choose what is germane to you from the Bible and what is not. Oh, look at that. Hmm. Look at that. Michael, Michael uh, calling, calling me out. Germane to me. What do you mean? So I can't, I can't make a decision as to, I'm just saying it's your Bible. It's your church. And if you want to allow the homosexuals in your church, well, it's, you can't really call it a Christian church. I'm just using your stuff. I, I'm not attending Catholic church. You don't see me at your Christian churches. Do you see me over there? 
You see me, Dad, did you go to church this weekend? You heard me <laughs> talk to my kids. I'm like, I knew they went to church. I think we all know the answer to that question. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know the answer. I'm totally, uh, totally excited about the fact that uh, Dowd can or can't go to church if he decides that he wants or doesn't want. Fine. Jermaine, what does that mean? Is he is he attacking me? Is he saying, "Well, you you can like this, you like that." I'm not using the Bible to judge anybody. I think that's kind of the problem, right? But I like to use the Bible within the context of people's congregations of who they allow in because they're looking for money. Like, oh, okay, well, sometimes these small churches are a hell of a lot better because they're sticking to the word of God. They just, the actual word of God, like they're not trying to open it up for interpretations or going into some sort of flex church about how they're going to adapt for the future. And oh, you know, we're having a, we're trying to be, no, we're not doing that. This is the church. This is, here's my church. Here's my steeple. Open up the church and see all the people. There it is. There it is. Why are the people there? Who are the people there? They're the people that God called. If you want to call yourself Christian, you have to identify yourself with X, Y, and Z. According to the Christian church, right? Muslim, same thing. You can't go, I, I pass by the, the uh, what do you call it, mosque. Is the mosque a former Taco Bell? I think it is. Anyway. Um, not insulting it, but it's, it, I grew up in this uh, whole neighborhood, but it's right there. So. A lot of churches are, uh, they rent out those former little, you know, strip mall kind of places. You know? Well, if you can change an IHOP into an iPod, then uh, there you go. Dad, <laughs> so. what else do we got? I know you have uh, your article. I have a bunch of other stuff. Let's get to the uh, COVID stuff. Let's do that uh, after the uh, the break, uh, shall we? got we? some great science on covid and it's eddie more and more people are starting to wake up i mean it's i don't know we've had a couple of good week runs those of us a couple of weeks in a row we've strung together in the reality-based community i would say yeah i think uh, we're opening up uh, once again in a lot of other ways that uh, people maybe not be thinking about and we appreciate everybody tuning in here on this uh, beautiful tuesday afternoon starting to warm up and thanks for listening on AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. A little DAC, David Allen Co. here in the Kiva. If that ain't country, well, we've got to save our country. And I think good uh, Elon Musk is helping to do so, even though he's not a conservative and not a Republican. And the neighbors said we live like hicks, but they brought their cars for Paul to fix anyhow. He was veteran proud, tried and true. He'd fought till his heart was black and blue. Didn't know how he'd made it through the hard times. He'd bought our house on the GI Bill, but it wasn't worth all he had to kill to get it. He drank Pearl in a can and Jack Daniels. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. To the basics of love. Let's go to Luke and my Texas, Waylon and Willie and the boys. This successful life we're living got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoys. Between Hank Williams' pain songs and Newberry's train songs and blue eyes crying in the rain. Out of Luke and Buck, Texas, ain't nobody feeling no pain. Maybe we're not feeling any pain any longer now that uh, the free speech zones are open. So I guess we can uh, get to the COVID good news and let's do that. Uh, the great uh, <coughs> Waylon Jennings, uh, Waylon on Waylon. Uh, yeah, a lot of people cry to some of that music. I don't. I got to tell you, it uh, feels like freedom when you hear some of that stuff. And 
I really do feel that freedom is uh, finally set in. Who knew it was going to come by a guy who, you know, <laughs> wants you to get better gas or no gas mileage in that particular case. Beat out Moscow. Let's get into the COVID stuff. Thanks for sending me over those uh, articles there. Yeah, uh, three three pieces of uh, of information. You know, they're all connected to COVID, but they come at it from different uh, different angles, Eddie. And it's all it's kind of interesting. You're talking about the Journal of the American Medical Association. You're talking about the CDC, and the third one is a couple of doctors out in California. One is affiliated with the uh, UC Davis. The other is at Stanford. So these are not, uh, you're not going to find these people on BitChute talking about how five, you know, COVID is 5G. Uh, this, is, this is pretty establishment stuff. So to see little particles, little little meteorites of, of reality descending on the vast plane of, of COVID nonsense that some of us were right about from day one, let's say. Uh, it, it's just good to, good, good to see. The first one is from a, and I, I really, there's a great site over in Britain called dailyskeptic.org. And they, they have, they started out based on uh, attacking the COVID, the BS COVID narrative, but they've actually expanded into a couple other areas, including uh, climate change nonsense. This uh, is a profile of a study. Now, it is in the Nordic uh, countries, Denmark, Finland, Norway, and Sweden, of 23 million patient records. What we're talking about is myocarditis, uh, that heart issue that a lot of people, well, people who aren't buying into the, the nonsense narrative, uh, have been concerned about, uh, particularly for younger people uh, who can have this heart condition. And it, there does seem to be, again, we're still very early on in this, but there does seem to be a higher correlation of this myocarditis inflammation issue with young people. So again, this is a look at, you know, the sample size is not small. You're talking about 23 million patient records. For young males, we're talking about young adult males, uh, biologically male, 16 to 24, within 28 days of a second dose of the so-called vaccine, this study found severe uh, myocarditis that requires inpatient hospital admission, uh, incidents of that five times more common after the Pfizer second dose, 14 times more common after the Moderna, vote, uh, Moderna wow. dose. Uh, that's not... now. You could say, well, myocarditis is not very common, so you're talking about dramatic increases in something that's not that risky. Well, COVID is not that risky for children, so that's that's you know that that that's a, I think a, a good comeback. Um, right. The study found a severe myocarditis risk following COVID infection was negligible. So basically, if you get the COVID infection and you're not uh, uh, syringed, uh, the, the uh, myocarditis risk is negligible, only around one excess event per 100,000 cases uh, within 28 days of infection. The authors concluded that the risks, quote, should be balanced against the benefits of protecting against severe COVID-19 disease, close quote. Again, they're pushing, even though their own research is suggesting a problem here or, or you know, a potential, potential problem, they're still buying into the narrative. And the author who's summarizing this research is, is slapping back at this and saying, however, given the extremely low risk of COVID to healthy young males and the considerably elevated risk of severe myocarditis following vaccination, plus the risks associated with other adverse effects, short-term and long-term, it's hard to see how it could be worth it taking the shot or why these vaccines have not already been withdrawn for younger age groups. Uh, folks, we were on this very early with Dr. Yeadon saying, don't vaccinate your children. I'll put the vaccination in air quotes for people watching at home on television. There's simply no reason. Um, I can't get into this any deeper because I'll probably get into all kinds of trouble, but 
I am aware of a very healthy 18-year-old boy who just tested positive for COVID, uh, fully vaxxed, and I can only assume uh, uh, boosted uh, as well, given, given his parents. Um, and I'm sure many of you uh, have those exact same stories. Why we ever stuck a needle in the arms of healthy young people, uh, just absolutely beyond What's the Bible say? Passeth all understanding. Uh, it passeth all understanding for me. Uh, th these people were always about control and and force and coercion and hectoring and lecturing. They never were able to break out, disaggregate the data and say, okay, we got to do this with this group and we got to do this with this group. It was all just shut up, stay at home, take the jab, and we're going to be dealing with the consequences for many, many years to come. One of those consequences, and I here again, I can't believe I'm saying this, the CDC... Her name is Kathleen Ethier. She did an interview with NPR a few days ago. The Division of Adolescent and School Health at the CDC published a survey with NPR described as very grim findings, uh, quote unquote, from January to June. So I guess the first six months of last year, 2021. So you're really talking about well into lockdown. Uh, CDC researchers collected data on uh, over 7,000 high school students. So these are the experiences. These are the behaviors. Almost half of teens reported consistently feeling sad or hopeless almost wow. every day for two weeks or more in a row to, to the point that they stopped doing their usual activities. I mean, what? that's uh, not great. <laughs> okay. One particular finding was shocking, uh, sobering. 47% of lesbian, gay, and bisexual teens said they had, quote, seriously considered committing suicide. Another side effect uh, beyond myocarditis uh, for young people. So basically, they're saying their research indicates that Asian students, black students, multiracial students, gay, lesbian, transsexual students are reporting the most damage from this. And uh, they're recommending that schools find ways to uh, get their kids connected again, like maybe going back to school. Uh, the research shows that young people who feel connected to others at their school who have others at their school who care about them, interested in their well-being and interested in their success, big shock, uh, are doing much, much better. And uh, we capped it off in this interview. And I, I really think this might be walking up to the line of the Hatch Act, which says that federal employees cannot be engaged in politics. Uh, NPR couldn't resist saying, uh, asking a question about, quote, current efforts by some state legislatures to curtail expressions of gender and identity in schools. Uh, we know that's a complete lie. Uh, the legislatures are looking at uh, trying to keep teachers from talking to kids as young as kindergarten age about sexual practices. I, I can't, I still don't understand why that's controversial, but in America today, uh, there is. And so the researcher said, although I'm not able to comment in any particular state law or policy, I will say that when you make schools more toxic for any student, you make schools more toxic for all students. Anytime we are not making efforts to improve the safety and supportiveness of school environments for very vulnerable youth, we are putting all of our students at risk. Eddie, they just couldn't resist. They they had some data on how terrible lockdown has been for high school students, but they couldn't leave well enough alone. They couldn't focus on that. They had to cap it off with Florida's evil, Ron DeSantis is evil, and uh, you know the, re the rest of us who are just sort of rational and the, the polling that shows that parents are supportive of, of teachers not talking to young children about sexual matters. They're just crazy right-wing white supremacists. But I'll take the win, Eddie, on the CDC in a public forum admitting that high school age kids have suffered enormously during lockdown.
All right, so I'm not going to be naive here, but I had uh, and I didn't jump in because you're onto a lot of topics, and I thought you know just to sort of follow along here and and jump in with this, you know, but sort of let you finish, which uh, I think was a very very good uh, report. And thanks for those three articles. You can find them directly at Rock of Talk dot chat. That's Rock of Talk dot chat. And the first thing, and you know, just with all the stuff with DeSantis and what he has been talking about and what he's been doing, how is it? that you can do a study of teenagers and know that they're either lesbian, gay, bisexual, and know that they're 47 per- Like, at what point are kids having sex? We're talking about teenagers. Like, maybe once when you're a teenager, if you're lucky, unless you're abused, then it's a problem. But they just sort of pass through it, Dowd. As if it's like, oh, it's not a big deal here. You know, the kids are having sex and they're lesbian and gay and bisexual. You know, we had a prom. We have a bisexual uh, guy. Uh, He likes uh, girls and boys. It's it's just another category like football players or kids who are into Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Right. So out of all the things that really struck me, I was like, wait, wait, we're talking about kids. We're talking about kids like teenagers. Why are we even talking about sex with? Oh, don't you don't be so naive, Eddie. All the kids are having sex. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. They're not all the kids are having sex. Would you would you pull? Oh, they're on their phones. They're they're having sex. That's a form of no. They're not having sex. Why does the see see? This is the 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 sexualization of adults. When you accept that as a first premise, that kids are still developing. They're really not into like. They're like into, you know, Xbox and pizza and jump parks and, you know, boba teas. And I think kids are not interested in that stuff. Teenagers, they're not interested. They're interested in Jordans and, you know, uh, uh, what grade am I going to get my test? Where am I going to go to school? Like, what's my life? They're not interested. Like, how does the NPR and CDC... I feel like the CDC is like the FBI, the CIA, the you know IRS. You know, like here now we got the CDC. Like they're all these triple letter organizations. They all suck. Every last one of them. One particular finding was sobering. Forty-seven percent of lesbian, gay, and bisexual teens said they had seriously considered committing suicide. They're probably considering suicide because you ask them what's their sexual preference. Notice I said preference here. Notice very, very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Being gay is not a state of being. You aren't gay. You choose to be gay. Being lesbian isn't a state of being. It is a choice. You choose to be lesbian. Being bisexual isn't uh, some sort of state of being. Well, I'm kind of like them on this thing. Just like, like, no, you're hypersexual, which means you want sex all over the place. You don't care which way it is, so you're bisexual. You like boys and girls. You like sex. You know what depresses kids? Talking to them about things that they don't know anything about, which is sex. And half of them are going to consider committing suicide because you're asking them about something they haven't even done. Like you adults that are out there conducting these studies, there should be a criminal investigation towards you guys asking them, my children, your children, about their sexual preference. In fact, if you did so, I would sue you. Why are you interested in my kids? He's a boy. He will like girls. Okay. 
he doesn't have a strong male form, or if he doesn't have a strong female form, they'll end up liking whatever. Okay, we can get into the ins and outs and all the rest of the stuff. No pun intended. Apology for the uh, uh, metaphor there. But you follow what I'm saying. And I'm just disgusted the the way that just stuff just like passes through like it's no big deal. Just uh, NPR. Well, I was drinking my coffee on my way in my Audi. Uh, as I was getting to my work, uh, working for a public service company in New Mexico, the city of Albuquerque, or the, and they were asking, oh, did you know that your son, you know, 47%, uh, isn't he gay? Isn't your son gay? Have you had the conversation? Well, how do you know he's gay? Who has he slept with? Isn't that a weird thing to say? I think your son is gay. He's 15. Well, I think he's gay. I, I, okay. Well, what other gay student did he sleep with? Like, that's even weirder. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Like you would have to actually understand the mentality of teenagers and they're not interested in sex. They're developing. They just aren't interested in it. It's not the focus. So NPR, CDC, the rest of the stuff, it's all a nightmare as far as I'm concerned. And every child, regardless of sexuality. Okay. If you guys want to go ahead and consider that, whatever that means. Okay. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. There's, there's only one way that you can create, and that's with a man and a woman, and no other way. Okay? We're not going to get into any of that stuff. And let me say, let me say this, and I think it should be incredibly clear to every single person out there. Asking kids about subjects that have nothing to do with what's actually impacting them, which is a lockdown, is dead wrong. It's you having an out so that you don't have to feel guilty for what you decided to do. Hey, uh, Clyde, uh, will you mask up? Uh, hey, uh, uh, Betsy, can you uh, uh, get take the vax? What do you mean you didn't take the vax? You don't care about your friend's health? And I can just see it. The kid's going to feel suicidal because of that. Not because he's lesbian, bi, or anything else that you might have. No, it's the fact that you made him or her, never in it, you made them think about what they had to do before they were adequate enough to go to school. And what have we found out between five and 18 year olds? They don't die from COVID. They don't die from COVID. So they can't figure out why the heck they're staying home. Like mom and dad, you stay home. You're sick. You're fat. You're obese. You can't get anything done. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm ready to fight with every, you know, I was, I was, I was breastfed and I have all the, the germs and, and all the things that have circulated throughout my entire body. I'm ready to battle COVID. And they're like, no, put on a mask. They're like, what, what? I, I thought like I'm at my healthiest. No, you're not. You're not healthy. Are you coughing? What's wrong with you? Like that makes kids crazy. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting kids is making them crazy. And that's what you're doing with them. Well, you think you're going to like Jimmy or you're going to think you're like Joey? Or do you think you're going to like Janet? But what? That's not even a conversation that you have. It's not a decision that they're going to make. They're going to be influenced by other outside factors. And when you start to read this crap, and the the point is, is when you read this crap, you're going to say like, this is normal. This is normal. This is the world we live in. Hey, get with the times, man. Get with the times. Let's go with it. Just, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, they're trying it out. You know, man, it's cool. That's okay. I get it, man. No, it's not cool. Stop talking to my kids. Please. 550, 50, 500. Yeah, yeah, you know, as usual, your unique take on this, I mean, you, you, I, I, I'm glad you really added this because I, I think I've said on the air, I don't think there should be gay, lesbian, bisexual clubs in high schools because that is yes, such a you. 
not because I think we should beat up gay people, but just because at a, at a age like that, <laughs> um, said anything about violence? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying any, anytime you criticize any of what that whole agenda is, it, they automatically devolve into you hate gay people and you want to see gay people. Me, me not wanting their organization to exist is now that's very good doubt. I like that. And, and I will a form of violence is a form I will, of violence. I will go for, I will go much yeah, farther. I think, and, and I will, I will, I will say, uh, my my nephew was is still he's going into his senior year at a Waldorf school, and all the people and all the families were given this long essay by one of the Waldorf uh, teachers. I think it was one of the different schools around the country, which is this the the message you should send to young children is the universe is a good place, and I'm grateful and happy to be in it. And when you are a teenager, you're confused. You're not quite an adult, but you're not a kid anymore. You don't know yourself. Your brain's still developing. To uh, seize on that, I think, as frankly, the environmentalists do to the, to the same degree that the homosexual people do, because you're in a vulnerable place. You don't know yourself. Uh, as you've said, Eddie, you know, kid, the kids are so drawn to being, want to be with the popular crowd and doing, doing the cool thing because you want to fit in because children can be pretty vicious when it comes to standing out. Uh, if you have bad acne or if you, you know, there's something about your body that, that you're different, or if you, you know, you dress a different way. I mean, you can be ostracized very, very easily. And so I'm, I'm, I was so focused on the, the mental health data for these kids. I wasn't really thinking about your point, which was when did we accept that it was okay to just say, Oh, there's gay kids in school. Um, I, I go so far as to say there's not even really heterosexual kids in school. You're still yes. developing. You're, you're, exactly. You just don't know. And you just need the love and support of a good uh, uh, to be surrounded by school, church, family, and, and, and just give these kids confidence and support and maybe a little bit of direction when they're confused and not push them in any particular direction. And I would say for my conservative Christian friends who are very upset about this, I'm basically with you on this issue, but I would also add telling kids that they live in an irre irredeemably racist country. And if you're white, yeah. you're part of the problem. Telling kids that the evils of fossil fuels mean that the world's going to end in 12 years is just as bad as the homosexual stuff. Because again, you're, you're young. You don't know the world. You're incredibly ignorant. Um, Eddie, I took down a quote from a seven-year-old boy one time over at the Liberty Hub. His father was over there and he brought his son around all the time. And he, he was a very smart little fellow. And, and I had Legos on my desk and Play-Doh like I always do. So we, we got to be friends pretty quickly. And he was telling me one time, sometimes it was hard to work over there with all the children, but they were good kids. Um, he was telling me about how he made a time machine and he went into the future to oh. talk to talk to himself. And of course, when, oh you're, my God, when you're seven, you, you can do that. that. And I so apparently he, he, there was some miscommunication and he had to meet up with himself. And he, and the, but he said, it's me. So I figured I'd be pretty easy to find. Ah, and and, and really I, I, I took I took down the quote because it instantly hit me, Eddie. I'm in my 40s. There's still parts of me that I haven't found yet. Okay, yeah. so young Stephen, um, even at seven, I know you have a lot of confidence that you'll be able to find yourself. Uh, you may be my age one day, and you may not be 100 percent of the way on finding yourself. At as a high schooler, you are very, very far, very far from finding yourself. So I'm glad you made the point, Eddie, and it just kind of whooshed went right over my head. Uh, don't accept the premise that right. we can that, that it's a legitimate category category when right. these kids are being all kinds of things are being thrown at these kids they have their own self-doubts uh their brain isn't developed uh eddie you are spot on and i'm right on the same territory with you on this well, one i think the other thing that uh, the, the point that we can make with regards to you know all of this discussion about you know mental health and various other things is 
His kids are, as you said, probably four or five times during that, that uh, uh, as you were speaking, confused. Mental health evolves generally from confusion. Whether it's anguish, you can't, you know, relate your heart to your head. You have an inability to sort of imbalance uh, things. You have a, an inability to control your emotions. When you, when you introduce new things that are not normal, and I will say, let me reemphasize, double underline, parentheses, not normal, okay, biological, okay, for men and women, when you, when you get into that territory, that creates the confusion for other kids, and you're forcing them to deal with a myriad of other expectations that they may not be ready to and prepared to do it. So the sex clubs, uh, if you will, or the sexual, uh, you know, hey, we're the lesbian club or the, the gay club or the, the what, glee club, uh, who cares? Why do we need clubs? Why are we looking for more ways of dividing? It's not, it, they, they're not affinity groups anymore. They're ways of separating themselves and saying, well, you know, we're, we're victimized by the people who think they're not, we're not victimizing you. You can go ahead and do that and, and decide that, that that's, that, that's what you want to do. But don't try to say that it's a state of being. We get to call it for, we know what, what anybody can do. Can I do it? Sure. You do it. What is going to make me gay? No, because I'm not gay. <laughs> like you just have to understand that. And I think my kids, when I have to talk to my kids about things, my kids are confused about life. They have questions and I answer them directly and immediately as quick as possible because language is 80%, you know, I was teaching my son how to do this, like 80% visual, right? Sitting right here, you know, it's, it's, it's 80%. You see a lot of my communication, hand gesticulations, moving, talking, intonations, confluence, inflections, all these different types of things. I'm trying to say, okay, they're keying in on how I said what I said. And kids, if they really want to call BS on something and they know you're lying to them and you say, well, mom and dad don't want to talk to me about the birds and the bees. Well, the question isn't just going to leave their minds. They're like, whoa, like mom and dad don't want to talk about this with me. Uh, where am I going to get the information? That thing, the internet. And then when you have uh, Madonna and, uh, you know, I don't know who, uh, Billie Eilish raising your children, then you got problems. They're giving them answers and identity and direction. And then they're singing about it and bouncing it around their heads all day long in a song lyric. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's wrong with my kid? And you're like, well, I don't know. You've been too busy, uh, I don't know, paying bills or uh, watching, binge watching your crap TV on Netflix or whatever it is that you think that is so much more important than answering your kids' questions that you didn't need to address directly. Like, I have to answer why my kid... Or, how are you divorced? We have a conversation about, uh, about divorce. I answer those questions directly. I talk to them directly. That's not an easy thing for them to understand. You know, and then I started asking, well, why do you have these questions? Why do you have these phrases that come out of your mouth? And we address them directly. And there's an honesty there, folks. I got to tell you that you got to develop with your kids. I can tell you the first person that those kids, I, my, my kids are like uh, texting me half the show. They're not listening but they're texting half the show. Keep those text lines open. Get them a phone. Make sure they communicate with you. If they need something, ask them what it is and why. Don't be judgmental about it. Say, okay, well, how do we get there? Let's, how do we make better decisions? What do we do? Okay, Because everything will inevitably be a decision for them and they need to be able to come to you. So to this very day, the first person I would go to with anything was my dad. Maybe not my mom. Definitely not my mom. <laughs> 
She's got the judgments way out here. She's right there. My dad's like, uh, you know, lay it on me. What do you got? You know, he's already got his decisions on uh, most things. But my mom is a very good teacher. I will say that. Um, so in terms of coaching and, and t- my dad's like, no, you do it like this and this and this. <laughs> but as far as me, like my dad needs the way he treats me now is the way he needs to treat everybody in this world. And um, I don't know that he necessarily does that because when he gets a hold of my kids, he's like, do it like this. <laughs> it's very funny, actually. To watch. I love it. I love my I love my parents. They're great people. All right, caller, you're in the queue. Finally, go ahead. All right, thank you, Jim. Oh well, uh, make it short. I'm gonna uh, let's see. We got the Dave timer. Do I? What's my Dave timer at? Uh, what did I put it at? A minute, Dowd, or thirty seconds? Uh, you can give him a minute. Give him. A okay, minute. go ahead and go. All right, myocarditis, inflammation of the myocarditum, basically the heart sac, causes inflammation of that sac when it uh, is resembling congestive heart failure. Rarely happens after inflammation from a viral infection, but normally comes from diphtheria and rheumatic fever. Next, remain relevant and to the point appropriate to the subject. Uh, misogyny, hating women, hating marriage. We got that. Uh, 20 seconds. You got 18 seconds. I covered all three, and we're good. We're yeah, good. there we go. Woo, that's good. They put that guy on a timer, and he is trained, ladies and gentlemen. He is trained uh, through much uh, hard work. Oh, wow. Look at these techs. My gosh. All right, Eddie, why can't there be both electric and fuel-operated vehicles? Well, there can, and there is, and you can't uninvent something what's in, been invented. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Was was I was I saying uninvent, electric, uh, uninvent electric vehicles? Ban electric cars. <laughs> They should ban them, including <laughs> golf carts. <laughs> After all, it's America. Open the pipelines. Not everyone can afford an electric car. They're okay. Good follow. Go Elon Musk for preserving and spotlighting free speech. I can appreciate his brilliance and not agree with everything he says or does. I've researched Elon. Elon, Elon. He comes from a lot of pain and bullying, even from his own dad. I truly believe he's learned a lot of compassion for others and wants his world to be a better place. He's even called out his own dad for being and doing evil. I don't know that that's a great thing. I feel like Elon comes from a place of what you see is what you get, of course. Only God knows his heart as he does uh, any one of us. Uh, Eddie. Oh, this is a good one. I want reparations from the Democrat (laughs) leaders and the media outlets for all their damaging policies and tidal wave of propaganda in the name of misinformation. Oh, wow. That is is the quote of the day right there. This fake news spin has caused great harm to we the people in an attempt to destroy our great country. Joe Biden, Fauci, Pelosi, and the rest of the leftist thugs should be fired and also right-wingers. Right, Dr. Oz. Now, uh, we can also say Donald Trump. Uh, he is also responsible. We want to make sure we hold all of our people accountable. And uh, we, we love our Ron DeSantis. JB is a good example for considering a money-back guarantee firing option. What is that? I don't know. Even, I've never heard of that. His performance hasn't been presidential. Uh, oh, oh, Joe Biden. Joe unless Biden. the mediocre. Like, what, <laughs> we, we think so little about he, that old fool. We don't even recognize his initials. <laughs> he hasn't acted in the best interest of we, the people. I still prefer Wormy Army. Let's go, Brandon Church. No, I, I'm actually more uh, F Joe Biden. I think we need to say the expletives out loud wherever we go. Uh, really, it needs to be, let's go, Biden, uh, Brandon. Uh, liberals are like, oh, what's that? Uh, they think they're so cool. Uh, as adults, we need to set an example to our youth. Besides, they can say it too. Never bought another parenting philosophy is do what I say, not as I do. I, I believe that was a criticism of me. Um, a very fast one. The government should stay out of the gender identity conversation, not to mention funded in schools and militaries. Last I knew, anytime you want to change something on your body that you dislike, it's considered cosmetic surgery. 
which is not covered by insurance. If you feel compelled to do it, you pay for it. I like sex clubs in high school is no bueno. David Allen Coe used to advertise his records in Iron Horse magazine. What's Iron Horse? Hmm. I don't know what that is. Iron Horse magazine. Yeah, I don't know. Iron Horse. Yeah. What Christian judges another before removing the plank from their own eye? I, Motorcycle I magazine. Oh, okay. I did not. Biker culture. <laughs> oh, okay. That's... Coach Obama is amazing. No evidence of powder and sight. Was I, was I judging as a Christian? I don't remember me judging anybody, but maybe that wasn't for me. That ain't country. You can kiss my ass. That is uh, David Ellen Coe. And uh, let's see. Oh, another major great reset agenda, such as the vaccine or Ukraine. Hannity is pushing it. A lot of people, I'm telling you, we're seeing a lot of this neocon stuff that's yep. just coming out. Uh, Dr. Oz graduated from medical school in 1986. There it is. Um, there you go. All right, Dowd. Uh, hour three, you and me, and the uh, Dowd makes 3,000 uh, here in the Giva. Dowd, what do we got up for the next hour? Uh, I got some uh, fun stuff and some scary stuff. I got to get back to one last thing on Rona uh, okay. in terms of testing Eddie Aragon and D. Dowd Muska. We got that right again. Plus, a soy boy dad wanted his son to grow up as a woman, but couldn't handle it when his son liked to play with tractors. So, oh, wow. That's, wow. <laughs> I feel like that's like one of my listeners that calls me at three in the morning, the one that wants to take me out. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hour three up next. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Leonard? Winning? Yeah. That's a big joke now. <laughs> Three, four, one, two. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 
strangers, angels, dancing in the deepest oceans, to sing in the world to your just like a dream. 606 in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Irvine on the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIV, FM, Rock of Talk. Dot com hour three you and me and the doubt makes three three thousand right here in the kiva glad to be here with uh, you and yours on this uh, tuesday afternoon beautiful view here from the abq and glad to be here with uh doubt that we've got a lot lined up we're going to finish up and wrap things up on um covid hopefully trump will join or decide to to join uh, twitter um I, I don't know why you're doing that trump but you need to move back into that and then we're going to get into the wildfires and you know, this front page of this ridiculous uh, rag they call the Albuquerque Journal. Uh, governor asking for more resources. How much more money do you need? Like, seriously, you got $27.1 billion. Like, whoa. And then we have this sob story. I'm surprised Jolene Gutierrez uh, didn't uh, put something on here on the back and make her public plea for the yep. force. And I do have to say, you know, I feel bad for the ranchers, uh, but the way that they, these particular ranchers, I, I think, get used for this article. I think is, is just bad form, uh, doubt. And I don't like that at all. Um, don't let yourself be used. You know, agriculture's had it really rough. Oil and gas has had it really rough. I mean, look at the, uh, amount of money that it needs to be spent now on fertilizer just to go ahead and, and, and make your food and get it to your table. And I mean, things are a lot more expensive nowadays, folks, and people need to understand and be absolutely clear that, yeah, it is treachery, but this is just propaganda. The livestock isn't going to be damaged and the buffalo or the cows or any other livestock isn't going to roam into the forest. So we'll get to that as well as your top 10 stories as featured at rockoftalk.chat. You subscribers saw them before we talked about them. And then, of course, you have your extra clicks as well. Let's wrap it up on COVID doubt. Yeah, yeah, we, we ran out of time last hour, but this was something that uh, I, I want to put this in the category of Eddie and Dow told you about this. Y you may recall in the, I'm talking... June, maybe May, June, July of 2020. I mean, we're coming up on on two years. Remember when Dr. Disgrace and the governor uh, and all the usual suspects, and I think Eddie and I even called out the New Mexico Restaurant Association, and of course, we're always pulling for, for the restaurants because they've been hurt so badly. Remember the line we heard over and over again, get tested, get tested, go get tested. Doesn't matter how you feel, go get tested. I live up here next to the Balloon Fiesta uh, uh, facility here. Um, not fun in October, let's just say that. I'm gonna be in Ruidoso for those nine days uh, this year. Uh, I've, I've been, gotten a little break the last couple of years because of you know what. Um, the big testing facility that is still there, get tested, get tested, get tested. It's something that it seems to have kind of dropped off the the, the headlines uh, uh, somewhat until uh, a piece ran in Newsweek, and the subscribers got this uh, waiting at 4 a.m. in the Daily Blast this morning. It's from two doctors out in California, as I said, UC Davis and Stanford, and basically they're arguing not against testing broadly. You and I were arguing just if you don't, if you're not sick, don't go get tested. There's no reason to go get tested. If you're sick, go to the doctor and consult with your healthcare professionals and figure out what you need to do. But don't go get tested because some idiot on the fourth floor in Santa Fe is telling you to go to go get tested. Uh, they wrote an article more targeted at child testing, and the headline is: We need to stop indiscriminately testing for COVID. It's harming 
our kids. Uh, and I wanted to unpack this a little more, uh, a little, little detail, because it's a really, Eddie, one of the best things I've read. These are not names in the in the COVID resistance movement. Tracy Beth Hogue and uh, Ram Duracetti. You know, we're not talking about Dr. Markari. We're not talking about Dr. Yeadon, the names that we all know. Uh, these people have come forward as professionals uh, in a national publication, Newsweek, to, uh, to uh, dispense a little bit of wisdom. There is a pervasive notion in the United States that doing more to fight any disease is always better. It's a sentiment that only it's only grown during the pandemic. In truth, we live in a world of trade-offs with downsides to most medical interventions, which means that the ability to test is not always a reason to test. Okay, examples. We do not regularly test everyone for HIV. It's clear uh, that uh, in that case, that burdens uh, can quickly outweigh the benefits. And yet, while most intuitively understand that we can't regularly test everyone for every disease, acknowledging that there are trade trade-offs is something many seem to be struggling with when it comes to COVID-19. That's being very charitable. I would say uh, morons can't grasp the concept of trade-offs, but but moving on. Uh, too many schools, and um, they're talking about California, but elsewhere too, uh, insist on regularly testing children despite these the clear harms uh, and the clear absence of real benefits from testing uh, kids for COVID-19. This is a misguided at best and deeply harmful policy at worst. Okay, the bug itself, SARS-CoV-2, of course, the medical condition is COVID-19. The germ itself is SARS-CoV-2, was new to our immune systems back in early 2020. But as of April of this year, at least 97% of Americans have some protective immunity. Either they got their shots or they were infected themselves. Okay, so they're being... They're being nice to the vaccine. Let's just leave leave that aside. Um, uh, they praise the vaccines, uh, but it is clear that neither vaccination nor mass testing will stop transmission or infection. Uh, countries known for carefully weighing harms and benefits in public health, such as the UK, Denmark, and Norway, not only completely move testing out of schools but are targeting resources very specifically now in testing only at-risk patients whose outcomes may improve through early detection. Kind of the kind of stuff that maybe Eddie Aragon and Dita and Muska were talking about two years ago. Uh, asymptomatic testing with rapid tests, uh, another downside, uh, can yield a high number of false positive tests. Now, this is something that's never been covered adequately at all, uh, false positives that result in inappropriate work and school days missed despite the child not actually having COVID. This is a particular problem when case rates are low, like now. A recent study of asymptomatic workplace testing found that 62% of positive rapid tests were false positives, uh, while the true test positivity rate was 0.35%, okay? Wait, wait, so you said 52%, did I hear you right? Yes, 62% of false positive, the rapid test, not the, not all testing, but the rapid test in okay, a batch of 100. This is at home, is that yeah, home? Uh, this is a batch of 179,000 tests, 62% were false positive. That That's kind of a high percentage that's my god oh, i just i gotta wait 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 my my head is spinning i'm <laughs> i'm trying to like okay no. all right let me let me get this correct we were doing these rapid tests for the kids right we did the rapid test for the kids and we said okay well you don't have to do it but we're going to send them at home and then 6.2 out of every 10 of those kids were not positive but tested positive 
and stayed home. Is that is that uh, the, this was wor- this that? was workplace testing, not school testing. So they're not they're school, using not the, even yeah, school yeah, test. This yeah. is workplace. Okay. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. Right. So uh, presumably it might even that. be worse for kids. You know, yeah, it's got to be worse. For kids. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. got to be. All right, so there's real harm when you get a false positive. Uh, you will have, uh, that means for students, uh, you'll they'll get results in days of weeks, days, weeks of missed schooling for children, for workers, missed work, lost income, uh, you know, juggling that whole work-life family balance and time producing, uh, pursuing additional testing, all for a child or a worker who does not have COVID-19. In terms of the schools, more and more school staff are burdened with yet another responsibility at a time. What do we hear nonstop? Staff shortages at schools, you know, with teachers and paraprofessionals and administrators and all that unprecedented staffing shortages going on. No amount of testing will eliminate COVID-19 or halt transmission. Many nations with aggressive testing, they used to have aggressive testing, and they have been lauded by all the Fauciites for all their success. Places like Iceland, Denmark, Norway, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, uh, they have since experienced population-adjusted surges in COVID after all that aggressive testing. Final point, some parties, and, and I, this is, you know, same as big pharma, some parties have strong financial interests in continued mass testing, whether or not it is in the best interest of public health. In California, a testing and genomics company and COVID-19 testing software provider strongly advocated for continued COVID testing in schools. I'm sure that had nothing to do with no. their bottom line. Right, right, uh, and Eddie, right. I just, again, I'm, I'm doing a little happy dance uh, again because we were talking about this two years ago. One of the reasons that they were able to keep pushing the fear porn is that statistic of how, you know, what's the case count today? What's the case count? It didn't tell you anything about hospitalizations. It didn't tell you anything about deaths. It didn't tell you anything about the long-term impact. We know that people, even with even real positive, not false positive tests for COVID, most people would recover. Most people would be fine. Uh, you and I were against this mass testing insanity. And I'm just glad two years later that we've got two docs in California saying, oh, maybe those lunatics in New Mexico were right after all. Well, <clears throat> let me uh, just talk about specifically the PCR tests that were faulty. And it was none other than Dr. Yeadon introduced to me by Dad Muska, and we played it, and we knew that the testing was what they were ultimately after. If they could get you to test, they could get you to do everything else. And we knew that the PCR test had a cycle threshold that was creating all these false positives, so we knew that the information was bad, and people were trying to figure out why they're asymptomatic, or why they don't feel sick, or I must have had COVID, and I felt a little off, or maybe I didn't fell off because I didn't actually have COVID. Like, this is the ridiculousness that we have put ourselves through. And if we maybe had a free Twitter and a, a, a president who actually had, you know, balls to stand up against Burks and Fauci, we wouldn't have to have been put through all this. But folks, you lost two years of your life. Before you start taking me on and you got a problem with Trump or a problem with me having a problem with Trump, why don't you take a look at what happened under Donald Trump at the very end? Stop trying to sell me on Donald Trump when it failed in the last year. You had plenty of time to get this election business out of the way. So you wouldn't have to worry about counting votes and cheating and hanging chads and uh, you know, all the rest of the stuff. He was president during that time. Please stop. This is as much his fault as it is Burks and Fauci and Big Pharma and every single other person that's out there. I don't want to talk to Trump. I have no interest in Trump. Trump is the best president up until March 13th, 2020, period. I cannot help you beyond that. And nobody came to help you beyond that. 
You were on your own. You were on your own. So before you say I'm going full-on anti-Trump, I'm not. I'm pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-Second Amendment, pro-free speech, anti-gay marriage, anti-homosexuality. Like, where, we, we, this is your time to stand up for your values. This is your time to do all of these types of things. And the science and the data. You know, what, you know what's better than science? I know, I know. Hey, Dowd, uh, what's better than science? Data, history, statistics, lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yes, and that, that just stops everything. Understand that. Oh, oh, don't hurt my Trumpy bear. Oh, my little Trumpy bear. It, stop with it, please. It, like, we're grown up now. Or maybe we're not. I'm not going to. Um, Elon Musk has Twitter and I don't want to be on Twitter. I'm not going to be. I'm going to invent my own. I got my toys over here. Um, I, people should jump my network. It's the truth network. Trump, you're a president. Like, it's the best job in the world. The most important. It's better than being Elon Musk. Better than being a billionaire. You get to be elected president. You get to go to White House. Everybody knows where you live. The news is following you around. You get to ride a fly a cool jet. Then not even Elon Musk can say, oh, he can't buy, he can't buy Air Force One. That's right. Trump Force One. Are we still funding Trump's ridiculous, stupid plane? <laughs> hey, uh, please donate to my uh, $2,400 a month. And then I have people like this who text me, and, and they're like, good, they're good listeners. And I really try to help you guys. And you know what's so funny? I'm the one with the Trump sticker. I'm the one with the Trump flags. I'm the one with the Trump this and Trump that. Trump everywhere, all over the place. Heck, I got, I don't know, you name it. I have it. It's Trump. It's on there, you know? And suddenly these guys who won't put a Trump bumper sticker all of a sudden are attacking me right on my text messages. And I'm like, whoa, what's wrong with you, Eddie? You don't like Donald Trump. Like, well, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I got my literally... My door bashed in. I'm the Trump candidate for this. And I'm like all these types of things. And you guys are like, where were you guys then? You won't put a Trump bumper sticker. You won't put an Eddie Aragon for mayor bumper sticker on there. <laughs> and I'm the guy that's not standing up. You're not standing up for America. Well, what is a guy who's 78 years old, 77 years old, worried about a technological platform that he has yet to invent? Oh, newness is going to come up. Like, I don't want these guys to come become the techpreneurs or entrepreneurs for tech. We don't need that. I'm not looking for another platform. Ooh. Do you need to replace your money? Same point I made yesterday. Trump is promoting his own social network. Truth. So going to Twitter would not be in his immediate best interest. J-Man. Oh, wow. Great argument, J-Man. Do you know what I told him? I said the tech entrepreneur Trump, LOL. You don't even need a comeback for that. This is a serious world with serious problems that needs serious ideas. Reinventing something that's already there is unnecessary. The focus should be raising money for every damn Republican candidate across the country so we can win and take back Congress so we don't have these laws to actually have freedom. Or maybe you have enough money to go ahead and preserve that freedom by preserving, a, you know, I, I'm not going to start uh, ranting and raving because I can go on this topic. Uh, forever. We got top, we had stories to get to. Let's get to them. The uh, top 10, not to mention uh, the uh, Dowd's uh, quick clicks uh, or the Dowd's clicks uh, as he has them. And I have not been giving uh, Dowd much time to talk because uh, this freedom stuff has just been 
you know, way too much. I, I feel I feel free uh, through and through. Dow, let's uh, let's hit all the stories. Uh, absolutely, and uh, one that I would really, uh, I just as the father of two young boys who I, I think probably uh, are not terribly feminine feminine i've seen those boys they are they are as, as boyish as boys can be uh I've, I've even been in rural new mexico with the boys having lots of fun with the uh, a bowl full of dirty worms that they were having such a, Im, immense fun with the aragon boys uh stay-at-home father jay deacher uh, he wrote an essay for the Today Show. I guess their online presence, uh, the Today Show, has a website in which he wanted to raise his toddler to reject masculine stereotypes, okay? Uh, okay? After turning two years old, unfortunately, the toddler started demanding that he wear only tractor shirts. What's a good moonbat father to do uh, when a boy starts asking like a boy? The author said that his mind, quote, spiraled into darkness when his two-year-old got interested in tractors. When a two-year-old boy, a boy being a boy and being interested in tractors, made his father's mind spiral into darkness. Uh, Is that an even, open threat, by the way? To, if I were to suggest to you, Dowd, Hey, you know what? Uh, what you're doing is triggering me, and I'm spiraling into darkness. <laughs> yes. Is, is there? Can we take like, federal is there, action? Yes. Is there, <laughs> is there? Is there something that you should? Should you worry about me? Like you know, suddenly gathering weapons and I'm spiraling into darkness. Uh, well, I mean, the 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 vision that came as he was spiraling mm. downward, he began mm. to uh, quote uh, catastrophize worst case scenarios, mm. imagining a world where his son fell for everything stereotypically manly. I envisioned him on oh. a football field. Uh, barreling through uh, mega-muscled opponents. Imagine oh. him waxing a sports car on a warm summer day. I mean, those are some of the worst things any human being could ever do, play sports and own a sports car. So after the son was born, uh, the father, quote, became determined to oh. create a bond stronger than any parent had ever achieved. But he needed to distance himself from anything that deemed uh, – Anything he deemed too masculine. Now, why did he do that? Connected to empathy and kindness. Masculinity is equated to being frigid. Men don't hug. Men don't say, I love you. Men are angry and they're really aggressive and they're inept as parents. I think we'd all completely agree with, with his perspective on that. He said that he would be the exception, okay? He cut his hours at his job in, of course, social work, and became a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, he noted in his piece that he cuddled and soothed out. his son, cuddled and soothed his mm. son after feeding him. And then Are you sure he's not a pedophile of his own son? <laughs> it's creepy. No, really. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think given, like, you know, cuddling and soothing your son, I think, you know, in, in, uh, gratuitously, I think, you know, that's weird. That can go too far. Uh, he, then he, quote, began attending mommy and me playgroups and bristled. Oh. He bristled when other caregivers made jokes about him providing daddy daycare. Oh. Bristled, okay. It's like uh, flinch or something. Uh, I shuddered at jokes about sure. men being incapable of figuring out how to work a diaper, yet I felt most couldn't. I became even more of an avid stereotyper. I grimaced at anyone driving a Ford car, the wow. John Wayne of automobiles. These people yeah. actually, I'm not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. I grimaced at anyone. Uh, I hated men who wore plaid. Oh, the racism. Oh. Uh, I felt ill if someone mentioned a wrench or another tool. 
Oh my goodness. When my mom-in-law bought my son a, co- a coverall with footballs on it, I shoved it into the depths of his closet, never to be found. <clears throat> Instead, uh, our deeply troubled father, how this man had enough testosterone to produce male uh, yeah, that uh, is interesting. You gotta, material. You, probably, I, I, probably nothing but female swimmers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 our, our dear father, here, uh, he said that once my son could walk, I paraded him through the park while he rolled his baby doll down the sidewalk in its stroller. Oh. I felt accomplished because he mirrored being a caretaker. All right. Here's where things get really ugly. The wait, wait. Turn. That's not ugly yet? My gosh. <laughs> well, from his perspective, get ugly. Despite his best efforts, his son took a shine to tractors, tractor songs, videos about construction equipment, shirts with tractors emblazoned on yeah. them. Yeah. All right. You you know this is not going to be received well by uh, our, our beloved uh, father. Uh, I felt like I failed him, the father uh. confessed. <laughs> I, I failed my son because he liked tractors. Well, I pride myself on blurring gender lines. I wanted him to uh. as well. You know, it's funny. When you explain blurring gender lines to a two-year-old, they don't really pick up on the, the subtleties of that. Uh, I had to make a choice. Buy him clothes with pictures of heavy machinery on them and make the kid happy or force him to wear shirts emblazoned with fuzzy animals to appease me, uh, he recalled in his essay, adding that he recognized his own, quote, bias of what I deemed to be too masculine, and he had to let go a bit. Quote, I started taking joy in his joy. He radiates wearing his shirts emblazoned with diggers and dozers and excavators, the author wrote. At three and a half years old, he can name dozens of types of tractors. I always thought there was only one. (laughs) We need more builders. Bob the Builder. There we go. He he makes up quasi-gibberish tractor stories, sings quasi-gibberish tractor songs. Together, we clean the living room. He uses his tractors to put all his toys away. Uh, uh, the father noted in his Today piece that his own father was all about giving hugs and saying, I love you, yet he still took a while to let uh, his son find his own path. Their bond improved after his dad just that, and the author wanted to do the same. Sometimes my dad comes over, and we drive tiny plastic machinery from room to room. My son beams. My dad beams. I beam, too. Um, I guess... A very disturbing story ends up having a happy ending, ladies and gentlemen. But let's never forget that these kind of people actually exist. And uh, he wanted his two-year-old, his two-year-old boy, to be gender neutral. So uh, (laughs) I I sort of have the reverse story. um, But uh, I've kind of come around a little bit in that I don't recognize the conspicuous consumption of colors and various other things as uh, sort of creating uh, if you will, the uh, sexual identity uh, of a of a young one. I think it has nothing to do with it. And I think to back up what I was saying earlier, uh, whatever colors a child might like have nothing to do with what direction he's going to go or what he how he's going to be oriented. Um, you know, I know we went with Harry Styles and all the other kind of stuff. And but if if he likes tractors, if he likes pink and rainbow, I don't care. Like it doesn't really one doesn't have anything to do with the other. I think the the disturbing part about all of this is his intent to sort of break the mold of what his child was inevitably uh, fatefully going to become right. uh, anyway, which is himself. Give me the best version of you that you're going to be. And, he, you know, that's all you can be. And that's the great thing about children is they are going to be who they are going to be. Don't try to define them or frame them or whatever. Nurture whatever it is, their aims, their wants, their haunts, what they happen to be so that you can kind of uh, encourage them, enable them and keep them going. 550, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 
Final point. This man actually <laughs> believed that his worst case scenario for his son was his son waxing a sports car on a warm summer day. Yeah, that these, is bad. The, these people actually exist. No, All right. I, uh, I FBI. <laughs> with half naked women uh, when I was uh, six years old. You know, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I mean, and then it was uh, telling, you know, giant houses and big thing and all that. Now all I want is something as small and manageable. I'm riding around in pink socks and scooters now nowadays as your conservative talk show host. Yes, well, I also think that the, the, yeah, the, I can pull that kind of crap off. Uh, you know, those cleaning materials that yeah. he would wax his sports car with. I mean, bad enough that the sports car consumed fossil fuels. There's probably petroleum is a, probably a key ingredient in some of those cleansers and solvents and all that kind of stuff. Very problematic, deeply problematic. Uh, another problem uh, that's, you know, as, as disturbing as that father is, the FBI director, Christopher Ray, who is not someone I have a lot of respect for, and I, I don't imagine most people in our audience have a lot of respect for, on Sunday night, I stopped watching 60 Minutes a long time ago, and it was always kind of problematic, but it's even worse now. Once you, once you hire Anderson Cooper as a journalist, uh, I'm, I'm kind of off. You know, I'm, I, I leave the room there. Uh, they interviewed Christopher Ray Sunday night, uh, just a couple, a couple nights ago. The FBI director disclosed that there was a 59% increase in the murders of police officers in 2021, the first full calendar year post Saint, the murder of St. George of Fentanyl. 73 officers were killed uh, overall. That was a 29% increase. Let's see, there's 29% increase in murders in 2020, nearly 5,000 more people killed in the year before. Uh, Scott Pelley, not a big brain, asked an interesting question. Director Ray, what's causing all these homicide homicides? All right, uh, Director Ray, quote, certainly the pandemic didn't help. He goes to the pandemic... Number one, the germ, that little microscopic thing that lodges itself in your lungs, if you're unlucky, fat, old, sick, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the germ is the reason we have cop killers and murders going through the, the germ. That's the first item he mentioned. Uh, second, he said, we're seeing more and more juveniles committing violent crime. Okay, but that doesn't happen in a vacuum either. We're seeing a certain amount of gun trafficking, interstate gun trafficking, uh, it's very, very predictable. Uh, and we're seeing an alarming frequency of some of the worst getting back out on the streets. Okay, that was number four. Okay, the George Soros-funded district attorneys. He mentioned that number four. Now, I don't know if he cleared that with George Soros or not or, the, or, or AOC, but even to mention that, I, it probably should have been number one, not number four, but he actually did mentioned that. Uh, and then he finished up with uh, police officers are being killed at a rate of almost one every five days in the country. And one of our leading law enforcement officials at the federal level contradicting other officials who say white supremacy is the number one threat to Americans, quote, violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomenon, uh, phenomena that I, doesn't, that I think doesn't get enough attention. Uh, Eddie, somebody, uh, Christopher Ray did not get his talking points. I mean, he went on one of the most widely watched news programs in the country and talked about cops being killed, people being let loose uh, on the streets, and uh, not talking enough about violence against law enforcement in this country. That's not exactly the Biden administration narrative. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, it, it disturbs me it, it just with regard to what's happening, you know, nationally, FBI. And uh, now there's looking into, we're doing the Hunter Biden stuff. We know that the laptop was going to the FBI. And then we now know that uh, the, the um, <clears throat> what's the name of the report uh, where they went after Donald Trump? Uh, oh, being, uh, 
the steel steel dossier. Yeah, the steel dossier, and and going into you know what we're learning about that. I mean, these these agencies are not to be trusted, and whenever they have an opportunity to sort of clear the air on it, they fail to do that, and they change the narrative. So this is a, one of those things where this is another one of those examples where they do exactly that. They will create an entirely different idea about what it is. And this is how you know that, that they aren't, aren't doing their job because we know why cops are getting killed. <laughs> and what the FBI is saying is completely wrong. There is. All right, more. Uh, yeah, final, uh, if we do have time for one more, maybe. Great piece. Sure. And if you subscribe at rockoftalk.chat, you would have gotten this link. A little bit of politics here, which is not something I do, but a great, great essay about what is happening to the Democratic Party. Eddie, I don't, let's see, the uh, uh, the Trafalgar report, let me see if I have the, the PDF of it. The, traf- the latest Trafalgar report is, is really fascinating. We They have, uh, uh, Kamala Harris is so disliked in this country. I mean, there's it's like epic, epic level. She is much more disliked than Joe Biden. This is the National Voter Approval Survey they did in April, 2022. Biden is down to a 55.3% disapproval rating as election day gets uh, closer and closer. People are up to, I guess. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> People despise, just absolutely despise Kamala Harris. Frankly, I mean, they've kind of put her in a box. I don't, she, her visibility isn't that high. I'm, I'm just shocked that she's so disliked given her low level of disability. It's, just, it's a little bit of, of exposure. It's a little like Hillary Clinton. The more prominent she is in the news, the more people remember how much they don't like her. Uh, her total disapproval rating. Okay, we got the strongly disapprove and the disapprove. Okay. 60, 62.6%. We're right there. We're right there. 62.6%. And can, can, Biden, can Biden possibly eclipse uh, Hillary Clinton? That's a very, I mean, I know everybody hates her, but that literally, uh, that statistic says almost everybody hates her. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, so one of the problems that the Democrats are having, and, and we've probably talked about this before, is this, as Americans are facing inflation problems, they're facing crime problems, they're worried about particularly border state people, it's a mess down at the border, they're worried about whether we're going to have a nuclear war. What do you hear from the left? Mm. It's social issues. It's racism. It's transgenderism. And there's this growing disconnect. The, this author makes a really, I think, sophisticated argument, which is average people can't – it's not so much – necessarily that they hate the Democrats' policies. It's just the Democrats are focusing, frankly, Americans like welfare in a lot of ways, but the selection that Democrats, the people on the left are making for things like transgenderism and operating on children, it, it just doesn't, it has no connection to the day-to-day challenges of Americans. And so this essay was at the Federalist and, and voters have noticed that the cultural left, the, the cultural left, not the economic left, never stops when it says it will. We were assured that the lesbian gay movement was all about tolerance for consenting Mm. adult relationships. We were told that. Uh, And frankly, as a libertarian, do whatever you want as an adult. Now, the LGBT movement is about transgender toddlers, child drag queens, and men in girls' locker rooms. We were told that being anti-racist, we are now told, you know, being anti-racist meant, you know, tolerance and treating people equally. Uh, Now we're told that in order to be anti-racist, you have to judge people entirely based on uh, their color. So liberals uh, may be okay with mastectomies for confused teenage girls. 
Believe it or not, most Americans are not. Uh, this cultural radicalism erodes Democrats' ability to govern competently. Yeah, sometimes this is the result of neglecting the, and this is what I'm focusing on here. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes this is the result of neglecting the basic tasks of government, foreign policy, inflation, energy, in order to prioritize, and this is a good phrase, boutique cultural issues. Uh, other times it is a direct consequence of ideologies as exemplified in the crime wave resulting from woke prosecutors and defunding the police. Um, they're they're going. It's going to be interesting, Eddie, when they get their thumping in November, and it certainly looks like they will. Are they going to learn any lessons from this? Are they going to stick to the cultural nonsense? Are they going to take a tack back, you know, to the economic and the in the meat and potato issues? Because frankly, Americans, if you look at polling, Americans love Social Security. Americans love Medicare. Americans love unemployment insurance. All that sort of government intervention on the economic side. Americans like taxing the rich. The polls are through the roof. The left has ideas that are popular with Americans. They're not popular with libertarians like me. But instead of going with that sort of old school 40s, 50s, 60s liberalism, building infrastructure, uh, uh, you know, retirement income, you know, that kind of stuff, they're, they're now focused almost ex ex exclusively on this really flaky, kooky cultural stuff. And uh, people aren't connecting with that. And it, you don't have to be like a conservative Christian uh, person who's home reading Russell Kirk every night in order to look at these flaky issues. We have a, a blue collar guy at the farm and at the orchard in Connecticut who works on our, our all of our Toyota vehicles. And he was he was telling us a story one time, not terribly educated, just a good gearhead guy. And he had a bunch of kids and he said he walked by and his kids were watching MTV one time and it was Tila Tequila having the bisexual dating game. And he said, Tequila, that, Tequila. that's the one that uh, Junior Seo uh, married, if I'm not mistaken. I, there was, yeah, there was some football player. Yeah, and he said, he, he turn, himself. turn that crap off. Okay. This is a guy who doesn't think about politics and culture. I don't think he's a conservative Christian. He's just a normal blue collar American. And he said this to me probably 15 years ago turn that crap off. And Eddie, I think more and more, <laughs> if you look at the polling data, people want to turn off the crap of the left, certainly on the cultural side. So I think, um, God, this is so good. We could do a whole show just on why the left should lose or will lose. And uh, I think it should, not a will. Um, so I happen to disagree with the fact that, uh, you know, the Republicans will figure out a way to get in their own way. And you run conservative personalities, as we started the show with uh, today, like Dr. Oz, and he literally enables this level of thinking, attending gay weddings and We'll have a picture, rockoftalk.chat. Uh, I got, can't wait to see that, Dowd. I seriously cannot wait. And you'll to see, see Eddie Aragon, Aragon in the back at that. <laughs> no. no, I was camped out. No, of the, I, didn't, I did not go into the no, wedding. I did not, I did no, I did not go into the wedding. Uh, you know, uh, Julie was on the inside. Uh, this was, I don't know. What, God. When, when, what was the date for that wedding? I, don't uh, I believe September 2019. September 20th. So she was in there doing all the photographs for what they were doing for the Elvis uh, Duran uh, thing. And Dr. Oz, you know, walks out. And the only reason I ran into him or talked to him is because I was not allowed to be inside the wedding, but I wanted to go because it was at the El Dorado. So they had it over at the El Dorado. And I'm like, I, I know that guy. I'm going to go talk to him. I was like, I, I, where are you from? Like, I know you from somewhere. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm Dr. Oz. And then I had a conversation with him outside, all this kind of stuff. I said, I have a radio show. Here's my card, blah, blah, blah. Um, he said, if you, you know, whatever, I uh, used to have you on my radio show. I didn't tell him at the time because it would have been rude why I kicked him off and because it was more of that woke stuff that he had um, that we've heard on on that whole entire thing. And 
basically he was, you know, sort of on his way, but that whole value coaching and grooming and focus on social issues and everything, people don't want to be preached. And the, the, the purpose and where Republicans can win, if they're smart and don't get in their own way and pick these woke guys to represent them, is if they focus on what you were just talking about, the economy. I mean, the, the, we're down 800 points today. You know, we actually should be talking about economic issues, interest rates, uh, what's going to be happening with everything. I think we should be talking about real issues. Talking about uh, what's allowable in institutions that are shut down anyway, or whether you mask or don't mask or whatever. Like, these are not issues. We're already right. We already won on all these other these other things. Focus on the meat and potatoes and everything else will follow. And they're not interested in your commentary about, you know, what you think about this and that. Uh, and that's what the liberal left focuses on. That's why people hate them so much. That's why Hillary Clinton has a 62% disapproval rating and Joe Biden has a 55% uh, disapproval rating because people don't want to be preached to about these types of things, especially when they can't even gain control of their own life. I mean, for God's sakes, this woman should be the most uh, loving, endeared, wanted woman ever. 62% of, of the women, uh, of the people who, who uh, were pro are probably behind Bill Clinton said he was right to cheat on her. We hate her. Yes, yes. All right, very quickly, the top five. <laughs> very quickly, ladies and gentlemen, number one, your picks. Uh, no more Rona in Silver City. Unbelievably, they admitted it. Uh, I have that in the Daily Blast today. That's number one. Click. Uh, number two, the dad who's terrified of his son being masculine. Uh, number three, what we just discussed, a great essay on, culture, on Democrats blowing the culture war. Uh, number four, the testing article in Newsweek from the doctors in California. And number five, the FBI director admits crime is completely out of control in this country. There we go. We'll see you tomorrow, bright and early 4 p.m. for the Pump Day edition here of the Kiva. We appreciate everybody tuning in on AM 600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Daylight left me into shape. I must have been asleep for days. Moving lips to breathe alone. I opened up my mind. I found myself alone, alone, alone above a raging sea. Stole the only girl I love. Drowned it inside of me. You, you, something lonely. You, you, lost and lonely. You, just like heaven.